You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Hey, have you guys heard of the new show on the Count Out Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling Podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. Yeah, we're really new to this. So what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban. everybody and welcome to ring post radio the only show that's live every morning on sunday at 9 roughly 30 a.m i'm your host ryan icing with me as always the man the myth the legend scotty edwards scotty how are you doing today on this fine day i'm doing pretty good yesterday was a very long day but i am here i'm here to talk about um wrestling i guess i know i know what our topics are today it's not like i'm going to be talking like completely about actual wrestling you know inside the ring but it all goes hand in hand at the end and i'm looking forward to getting angry with you i mean to to totally um talk logically with you no i think i think today uh, we we've been having on and off discussions about this topic for a while now, and I think uh, this past Wednesday brought everything to a head. So I think we're just gonna we're just going to you know break the glass, uh, the black bra- the the blast the brass case. I don't know words anymore. Dynamite um, killed you. Dynamite <laughs> killed you. I I yeah, had it, I wasn't watching it live, and I just been getting like message after message, and by the end. I don't even know if the main event happened. You're like, this is the worst episode of Dynamite. Ever. I I tweeted out um, that right right before the main event happened. I was like, with the main event left to go, uh, so far I feel like this is the most boring, least interesting, you know, uh, crappy Dynamite uh, uh, of for, since the beginning. And I was very nervous. And then the main event happened. The main event wasn't good. Anyway. Um, but you know, it, we're not. I don't want to be a full-on uh, pessimist. I don't want to be a full-on uh, anti-AEW train. I don't want to be the full-on uh, that. We'll be we'll be fair and give our positives as well. But Ryan, uh, yeah. So here, folks, don't forget that I, I am the resident freakazoid, so that has to be remaining. Um, I have to I have to keep the gimmick up. Uh, I'm not going to go full-on Ari Emanuel uh, on their ass. Uh, but you know, I think it's a question that has been on everyone's lips since Wednesday. Uh, and has been a t- point of conversation for a while now. We've had, we've flirted with this for a while. It got worse the day after, to be fair. Yeah, the day after was when I was like, all right, I've had enough. We got thrown in the towel a little bit. Um, yeah, so our main discussion topic 
We've done this, I feel like, last year as well. What is basically state of AEW. How are they doing? A discussion topic. AEW, what have you done for me lately? And I just want to open with that. What have you done for me lately? I wrote that on Wednesday. And then since then, on Friday, you get the Rampage. You get the Daniel Garcia title match announcement. On Collision, you get... Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen Collision, but based on the reports I read online, Collision, a well-received show, barring one segment, um, as Collision's mostly what I've seen. a better overall show than Dynamite these days, as is, so... And I've heard I've heard a similar thing about Rampage is pretty good for for Rampage is an hour of wrestling. That is what that show is, which is what I get the idea of as a as a viewer of AEW. What I kind of want as an AEW freakazoid or (laughs) former. So that's what we're gonna get. So we're gonna talk about a little bit of the state of AEW. If you have any thoughts about the state of AEW, put it in the chat. If you're watching online on YouTube or whatever, put it in the chat. Um, and we'll sort of read your thoughts as we go throughout the episode. Or, of course, you can always call in. Uh, 2525 Ring PR is our voicemail hotline. Um, or it'll be a voicemail hot take line. Is that a phrase? Is that something we've used? Um, in our voicemail hotline, 2525 Ring PR. Or, of course, right in the private chat on YouTube. And we'll sort uh, of talk about the topics, huh? Yeah, this is a, we're taking the whole hot topic segment that's taken over the show because we hot are topics. going to talk about AEW, the and- state of AEW. Also, by the way, I just want to note you said, Oh, since Wednesday, you know, Rampage was good, Collision was well received. Yeah, but you know what also happened since Wednesday? They signed Ric Flair. So, you know what? Not everything since Wednesday has been pointing up. That's a great point. That is a great point. But we'll certainly get to him and the rest of the old. So we have several topics of conversation here written down before we get really into it, folks. And is this going to be the full two hours, you're wondering? I don't know. <laughs> Fully? Don't I don't know. But we, we have, have other topics. Other things, but, we, you know, I actually I have complaints about New Japan, so I will make sure it's not the only topic. Yeah, but uh, so we have other things to talk about, of course. We have, of course, we're going to preview full gear. I know it's a little bit away, but I'm not here next week because this is my wedding week, baby. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need L- the LA night. Yeah. yeah. To, uh, so, yeah, no episode next week, but we're trying to get all the AEW feel well, in there. Well, I'm going to do my best to put together an episode, but the point is it won't be your usual Ring Post Radio episode. And this is our full gear opportunity. So, which is kind of crazy that full gear is that close, but I agree. Uh, And of course, we're going to try to talk about New Japan Power Struggle as well. So let's talk about AEW. We have different categories. We're going to start off with some of the positives, but of course, we have talks about the WWE production style that's sort of taking over AEW, MJF as the world champion, sort of the influx of comedy characters that have been brought into AEW, sort of, uh, as I'll put it, the stunt booking that has kind of happened of late. Uh, I'm going to really point as at the MJF Omega title match on Collision last week as sort of the emblematic, one of the bigger points of that, and then Ric Flair and the Olds as well, and any other topics of conversation we may have throughout this episode. So we'll start off with some of the positives because I want to be fair, folks. We want to be, Scotty and I want to be fair. We don't want to just give an hour and a half, two hours, an hour, whatever, of negativity. Uh, no. But we want to be at least fair because I don't think AEW is the worst promotion in the world based on what's happening to them. I mean, for God's sake, no, come on, (laughs) no exists. They don't, AEW doesn't have uh, uh, their former world champion coming out like a mafia hit boss. 
Um, well, remains Flash to be seen. The Undertaker. Flash the Undertaker remains to be seen, but we'll we'll see. Uh, they don't have uh, a cutting to a guy and a bunch of uh, women doing cocaine in the middle of a pay per view. Uh, the AEW certainly does not have that going for them, um, and they don't well, have a pay per view in a uh, country that uh, d- does not respect women and uh, actively has in the past murdered journalists like WWE and Saudi Arabia. But AEW has had some negativity as of late, but also it is still some positive. So for you, Scotty, what are still some of the positives uh, of AEW for you? Um, sort of Strickland has long been a positive for me. Uh, you know, there were many times that I came on this show in the past before he started to get this push and complained that he wasn't getting a push. I'm sure you remember that. I went, I was very adamant about that. And I think for overall, he's really taken it with stride. I think the story with him and Hangman's great. Um, and it's probably my favorite story on TV these days. So I'm going to give the nod to Swerve rather than just the Swerve Hangman story because I do think it's a lot of him doing the work on that. Um, And then for the most part, Bullet Club Gold, I do think they've, and this, this is part of the comedy problem, they've made them a little bit too comedic for me as of late because I think they're funny just naturally, but I think that they're focusing almost too much on that but overall still i do think that they are one of the pluses of this show um i also give credit to the women's champions i think having Hikaru shida and chris statlander as your women's champions is something that this company has desperately needed it's two people to really lead that division now is the division booking perfect no not no not not even remotely close the half of the debate before dynamite even started the other day was the idea of willow just getting a title match after losing a number one contenders match the week before right like that is that is a problem for AEW that is almost different where they just throw people into these random matches and it's like okay um what what did what have you done for me lately in many ways, right? That is kind of the topic. We we see that with the women's division more than anything, though, right? Like, as I've pointed out time and time again, and people try to tell me I'm wrong, but I will not I will not accept that I'm wrong on this one. Tony Storm's getting a title match, and her in her past five matches, she's lost two AEW world title matches, and her only wins are against people that who aren't aren't usually um in winning scenarios on TV. So, but, you know, it's in Hollywood, so that goes with the character, I was told. Like, overall, that is, and I'm, now I'm getting into my complaints more than anything. So, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Uh, Quick, you quickly veered. <laughs> well, it's because I have a lot more of those. Um, yeah. I'll get you. I will, I will say the pay-per-views overall, like, I still know I'm going into full gear with excitement because it's still a pay-per-view with a lot of great top matches. Now, most of them we've seen before, but that doesn't matter to me because that's what wrestling is at the end of the day, especially when you're going to run so many pay-per-views now. I have no problem with doing some rematches, especially when they're the rematches that they're doing. And my final one would be 
Samoa Joe. Yeah. But Samoa Joe, like, he's he's in this interesting role right now where he's mostly just talking. Right, he's doing the MJF thing of, like, when does MJF need my help and things like that. And I think that's, like, the most interesting part of that story going on. And then, and then obviously, he's been great in the ring. He cuts great promos. And, you know, we, we saw it. He's fighting Keith Lee on Wednesday. So I'm pretty confident that my idea of him being one of the bright spots will continue. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think there have been a few characters. I've enjoyed Bullet Club. Obviously, they had. It, but even then, I feel like like you sort of alluded with like the women's division and these champions and everything. It's like even with these positives that we do have, we do have these tiny bits of negativity in there. Bullet Club, you know, they have that little quarter debacle uh, that was a real sort of negative light there for their entire thing. But otherwise, Bullet Club Gold uh, is pretty good. I understand. I completely agree with your comedy bit. Uh, but I don't think at, for the rest of the comedy, quote unquote, that is in, in AEW, I don't think that's the worst of it. Swerve Strickland, yeah. I also think, has been killing it lately. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I th- also think he's been killing it lately. However, I do also think the baby home invasion thing was didn't really quite work. I think, to be fair, I think it just didn't quite work. Um, it didn't quite uh, put together what it needed to put together. And it was just kind of a little too awkward and didn't make any sense um the women's division yeah you're right it, it, they have better champions now um you know she is not the best champion in the world but she's better than soraya and i'll take that uh chris statlander has been doing r- really well i mean i talked about it before is like that mercedes martinez match was great uh, she's been having great matches on collision almost every week um uh she's been doing really well um <clears throat> but she doesn't really have her whole storyline right now is Willow and Sky Blue, and that is infested with the Julia Hart stuff and and spookiness. Infested. And that infested is actually quite literally the word that I should probably use there, uh, because of what's happening with the Julia Hart stuff. Um, but uh, you know, there's that, and then the AEW Women's Champion side, of course, is the Tony Storm of it all. Um, <clears throat> Samoa Joe is great. I think Samoa Joe has been fantastic. Um, I really argued Samojo winning the title off of MJF uh, several weeks ago, and whether that not he that, that happens, we'll champion. see. I think yeah. if we were going into this pay per view with MJF chasing Samojo, like I just think the overall product might be better for it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that could be done better with the MJF storyline, and I and I do think that a lot of those things actually are him not being champion right now. Um, I think there is more interest in, okay, as this guy has said on the biggest pay-per-view ticket sale, all in London show of all time, right? He doesn't care about this title. So if he loses the title, it it allows you to go more into this Brochacho stuff or whatever and do this as a side project. Or, or it allows you to go into like, oh, he has to choose between the title and his friendship. And I think there's a lot of stuff there that isn't being uh, worked on at all. Uh, other positive, I still think the match quality for the most part is good. Um, it is pay-per-views for sure. Pay-per-views, definitely for sure. Um, if full gear isn't good, uh-oh, <laughs> we're in big, we're in big trouble. This past dynamite match quality wasn't good. They've had more misses in terms of match quality lately than usual, but you still get 
an Omega MJF, right? Uh, on, right. A, on a collision. Uh, you still get great matches. They are f- now more few and far between, um, I I feel, uh, compared to previous, you know, first year, second year Dynamites. Um, but they still exist. Uh, and it's still very much good in-ring quality that I look for in a wrestling fandom. And I think what people look into, right? I mean, that match, rating-wise, it was a really low-scoring collision number for this rating. But that match drew fans. That match drew fans. Uh, people are interested in seeing wrestlers. I mean, Mystico is a is a draw ticket-wise. Last-minute ticket draw. Uh, Can't always ticket. book Mystico. Can't always book Mystico, but when you can, it people will take interest. Okada comes in, people take interest. MJF King Omega, people take interest in it. Um, there are hey, things two, that can be two of those people you can always book. Two of those people you can always book. Um, uh, it, it is this thing of they have the ability to put on great matches, but for whatever reason, they're sort of getting bogged down. Um, I'm trying to think of any other positives, and the fact that I can't really think of any other right now come to mind is tough, right? I think that's Mox. Mox, Mox and BCC, yes, Mox and BCC have enjoyed. Uh, Obviously, Mox coming back. That there was a weird segment with that on Dynamite this past Wednesday, but I've been still. He got a promo late in the night, and I enjoyed that. Mox is still great. Danielson is obviously still great. Um, BCC are still doing great. Um, the elite, eh, they're they're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're not great. Well, they're like, fine. I, I was like, you definitely can't. You definitely can't say that they're overall great right now because, I mean, one of my biggest complaints is the tag division that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Mm-hmm. They have they have arguably like six of the top 10 tag teams in the world or something like that. And this division is non-existent and has been non-existent for the majority of the year. Yes. Guess what? This is where we're starting on the complaints because this, this wasn't even part of our complaints, but the tag (laughs) team division was supposed to be what really made AEW different. Uh I think like, yeah, they can have great singles matches. Yeah. They can have great, whatever. But the tag division was something that they were supposed to take care of. They were supposed to care about. They were supposed to push in a main event spot. and That no other company seemingly care about. No other company cares about. Listen, I think I see more great tag team matches these days in WWE than I do in AEW. And I mean that. Like, I legitimately mean that. I think there are better week-to-week tag team matches on a for a company that doesn't care about tag team wrestling all that much compared to the company that has the young bucks signed to the highest contracts a tag team has ever been paid that has ftr that has you know aussie open i understand one of us hurt that has the lucha bros like this is my point why why is it on a week-to-week basis i and this is a good thing because they're great but why is it on a week-to-week basis now i feel like the creed brothers are the ones being talked about and i hear nothing about the AEW tag division in any positive light because nothing's happening yeah, it's been a frustration. The FTR title reign did not really go anywhere, really do much. Um, Starks and Big Bill, I just saw, I, I haven't, again, I haven't seen Collision, but I saw clips of one half of the tag team champions, Ricky Starks, getting his ass beat by Roosh, which, you know, I'm partial to, but he is a champion, so we have to acknowledge and be like, hey, well, Roosh that's the state of your tag team division right there. Um, the trios division, 
the start of this year, right, was the end of the best of seven series with Death Triangle and uh, uh, and the Elite. And now it is celebrating the 69th day of the Acclaims trios run. And the Acclaimed, in my opinion, are sort of a... I, I, I've been... I was into the Acclaimed, no longer into the Acclaimed. I, 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 they're so past their expiration date for me. Um, but you know, the, oh, the, the tag division is rough. There, you know this. <laughs> I know you've been there. Uh, and I think to sort of expand that conversation division, I think a lot of that sort of it, it feels like the divisions are more fluid right now, and they're more of like we you don't really know concretely who what is happening within divisions anymore like you i recognize that they're teams but i don't recognize who is like any anything that you want the rankings back that's what you're saying what i'm sort of alluding to is i don't think the rankings are the solve there i think the rankings i think we're a good way to solve them when we have i think that's a i think that's true i think the rankings were a good way to establish the stuff getting rid of the rankings up until Maybe a couple months ago, maybe like the beginning of FTR's reign is really when it started. Everything started falling apart. That's when it was like, oh, the rankings. Without the rankings, we're fine. We're doing okay. And then since the FTR reign, I'm that's what I'm thinking. Like the rankings aren't the pro. No rankings aren't the problem, but it certainly helped. It certainly yeah. was. I think the rankings are just like bumpers in a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. I think you don't necessarily need them, but when you keep hitting gutter balls. You could use them. You can use them to help you out. AEW or booking has taken a hit since the rankings plus dark has disappeared. Yeah, dark because that is how is weird too. That is how a lot of people got built up by Tony, which mm-hmm. is a complaint that I often had anyways, because I thought having them get built up by beating you and me was not that big of an accomplishment. Yeah. Um but it still was a way to justify certain matches and justify bookings. So on a, on a, on that case, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the overall out, outside of like the main feuds and even those, you know, we, we have our, we can have what we say about those, but outside yeah. of those, it's like every title match that we see on TV for the most part, unless it's like the international title because Claudio pinned orange Cassidy in a tag team match or something like that. Sure. It just feels like throwing a dart at the wall. And more often than not, people are fine with that because it's a cool match like Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee. But even with Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee, they, they explained it. Keith Lee showed up. He challenged Samoa Joe and the story, right? Like sometimes that's how you just do it because, Hey, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, WWE doesn't have rankings yet. They make title matches happen all the time. Of course. And, no one's like, oh, that's so random. Why is this happening? No, it's usually someone steps up at the very least. Sure, is it simple? Is it kind? Of, it's not lazy. I'm not going to call it lazy because it's an effort. Lazy is just throwing a match at the wall again and just watching it stick. Well, let's sort of talk about that then in terms of like stunt booking, right? So what is it, what we're sort of describing is like a fine line between having cool random title matches and everything just being like okay we're doing uh this match you know we're announcing for example this past wednesday hikaru shido versus willow nightingale willow nightingale uh if i'm not mistaken 
has not won a singles match in AEW for months. Uh, and then she got a title match. Uh, Willow Nightingale, AEW by the way. Women's World title match. Uh, Willow Nightingale, by the way. Uh, zero. Uh, <laughs> zero. Um, Follow up on her winning the New Japan Strong Women's Title. That was that was uh, embarrassing. So Willow Nightingale, she has the Women's World Title match. Follow up on that incredible match she had with Athena. No, no follow up to that. No follow up to Mercedes Monet. No follow up to anything really. I'll I'll say that. Uh, Another person on the show. uh, Willow Nightingale, she has the title match November 11th. The last time she won a singles match. Let's do cage match. We'll do only singles. The last time Willow Nightingale won a singles match was in August. I was at the show against Robin Renegade and AEW Collision Fighter Fest. So from August to November, she never won a single singles match. And then all of a sudden she... And she's had a TBS and world title match since then. I'm pretty sure. Yes. She also had... she, She won against Robin Renegade. She beat Diamante the week before. Um, she well, this is what happened here. We'll go through this. Willow Nightingale wins the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament final, right? Didn't remember she that. Won, she won that back in July 15th, forever ago. These are all singles matches, of course. Uh, the month after that, she has a singles match against Diamante at Collision, uh, Fight for the Fallen. She wins that. Uh, a week after that, she has a match against Robin Renegade. Uh, she wins that. She's you know, she's on, she's won the Owen. Now she's on a streak. On Dynamite, uh, maybe a month later, she has another singles match where she loses against Julia Hart. Julia Hart bumps up for the title match uh, uh, against, what was it, Chris Statlander at the time. Julia Hart loses, battle of the belts, Chris Statlander versus Willow Nightingale. To me, that kind of makes sense, right? You have someone who won the Owen, goes on a little bit of streak, loses to Julia. Julia loses at the pay-per-view, so you do a follow-up with the second-place uh, second place kind of quote unquote person, uh, the number two contender in Willow. And then that kind of ends. And then you get Willow a month later uh, getting an AEW women's world title match. After, yeah. Explain, After explain losing your number one contenders, women's title match. She, she lost the number one contenders in a way, uh, then lost the title bout in the set number two contenders on bottom of the belts, and then gets a women's world title match out of nowhere, uh, and then loses that, of course. It's it's a constant in this company. And this is something that they've always done. This isn't a brand new thing. Yes, that is um, one that, small example. Like, this is I don't even know if this is stunt booking, but I will never forget the idea of the Keith Lee sort of Strickland feud. I'll never forget it. It's still in the back of my mind because they never ran that match. Yet they did all the angles. They had, you know, they had Swerve stomp Keith Lee and this and that. And it's just like it's an inconsistency to not follow up with that. And it's pretty bad, especially when people are interested in it for whatever reason, I'm not going to sit here and know why that match didn't happen because truthfully, I can't confidently say why that match didn't happen, but to run a tag team match angle, right? A tag team angle. They were tag team champions. They turn on each other and never once do a one-on-one match between those tag team partners is laughable to me. Like that is not a that is like booking one on one of something to do. 
is to get that payoff match because it's just on TV. It's so simple. If you didn't want to put on pay-per-view, fine. Should that match have been on pay-per-view with the way the story that was going? Yeah, but it wasn't. So at least put it on TV. It's just one of those many things that I have started to pick up with this company. For whatever reason, certain things don't always follow through. And that is stump booking 101 at its very best. Going all the way through with someone. You want to talk about Daniel Garcia? Shall I, we? I was just about to do that, Scotty. Daniel I have Garcia up- has been arguably the biggest um what what's the exact word that i want to call it he has been the biggest he is he has failed because of stunt booking and it's not his fault let's start with the bcc story shall we right do you remember this oh this great great story this top of the line AEW story. Will Daniel Garcia go with the uh, Blackpool Combat Club? Will he join with uh, Brian Danielson? Or will he stay as a sports entertainer? Everyone, everyone wanted him to be a pro wrestler, especially after those matches with Danielson. Right. My favorite AEW match last year was Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Best two out of three falls. That was my favorite match. That was on TV. Yeah. Sponsored by House of Dragons. And the follow-up, the follow-up of that match was Daniel Garcia stays with Jericho, and then he's not even in the Ring of Honor world title match, and then he's just faded to black. He's not doing anything, and he's pretty much done nothing this entire year. JAS is now gone, mind Mm -hmm. you. And Sammy Guevara has essentially taken his place that he should be in in terms of if he was staying with Jericho. I agree. It's I agree. laughable. And, and, and this, this, week, this week isn't just going to fix that, that he gets an AEW world title match. But you know what would be the start of fixing that? Letting him be a pro wrestler again. That would be the start of the, I don't care about the dance. Okay? Whatever. It's over. Good for him. Be a pro wrestler again. That's part of my problem. So, uh, two things. Number one, I'm glad you brought up the over conversation because it was a point I brought up with forever ago when you and I were talking about MJF as world champion. I, you know, we were going back and forth about, uh, I, I believe you made something along the th- lines of, well, what MJF is doing is over. And my response to that was, uh, yes, it's over in the building. The problem is no one's going to the building anymore. Um, less and less people are going to the building. Yes, Daniel Garcia, his dance is over. Less and less people are going to the building. That's a problem. That's a legitimate problem. Uh, it, then you have to put in the question, yeah, the crowds in the building are popping to these things. The, this past Dynamite crowd didn't really pop to anything. Um, but there, people are popping to stuff. But less people, less and less people are going to the, the building. Less and less people are watching the show. Is it over? Or is it just working in the building? Is it a draw? Or is it a true draw? Daniel Garcia, another issue I want to bring up. Daniel Garcia, you talk about how he uh, had this great storyline. He going to JAS. You sort of feud that sort of dynamic between Guevara and and and, and Garcia. They sort of break apart. You kind of get this g- feud or thing come up again. 
they're kind of setting up like Garcia and Sammy Guevara as like ultimate rivals and gar- regarding the Don Cows family about you know, these sliding door metaphors between Sammy Guevara and Dana Garcia and what their career should have been. A lot of people feel like it should have been Dana Garcia in that Guevara spot. But let's also just talk about his actual booking in terms of his single matches, just like we did with Willow. Because again, he cuts a great, he wins a match on Rampage on Friday uh, against Trent Beretta. Spoilers. Uh, and then he and then he cuts a promo saying, you know, this is about young revolutionaries and all this he's, other he's, stuff. He's and yada, yada, Trent yada. Beretta, by the way, that is f- facing Shingo Takagi for the Never Open Weight Championship next week. But also yeah. true. Maybe he should have won that. I, I fully thought Trent was going to win that match because I was like, well, he's facing Shingo next week. Sure, surely he needs to win this match. By the um, way, this is totally off topic. Sonata just became the longest reigning IWGP World Heavyweight Champion ever. Go. Am I reacting? <laughs> no, no, no. Go back to your uh, your Garcia wins total and stuff like so, that. So Garcia, you know, cuts a promo afterwards saying he wants to go for the world champion. All right, that's fine. You could do that. That is, what, at least it wasn't just booked. When was the last time? This is true. But same thing of stunt booking. This is the same Oh, absolutely. Issue with, same thing issue with, like, the MJF Kenny Omega getting, like, basically a two-week build. This is... A less than a week build for Garcia MJF. Garcia before Rampage. Take a guess. When do you think his last win was? Singles win. Singles win. On TV. On television. Well, yes, I'll say on television. May. March. Oh my god. Fifteenth. St. Patty's Day Slam. And Scotty, I'll I'll let you guess of whether or not you even count this as a win. Daniel Garcia defeats Brody King by referee's decision. He got his ass handed to him for 12 minutes, and the referee was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Garcia's gotta get this. The the more if you want to give a more proper win before that, it's on dark in March. Uh a more proper television win is on dynamite in february beating ricky starks um this guy hasn't won a singles match since march i remember i don't remember when we talked about this might have been the end of last year and you you have always been a very big believer in daniel garcia you've seen him as a future main eventer for AEW and things like that I don't this know about the future main eventer, but he's definitely he he can definitely be up there. He definitely okay. Be. Well, you said main eventer. You didn't say world champion. There's a big difference. Being in main Fair events enough. and being a world champion is very different. Um, but my point is, and I was like, yeah, I can see it. That's clearly the path AEW is taking with them. This was this was probably around after the Jericho BCC stuff. Mm-hmm. Look at where we are now. Sure, he's walking into an AEW world title match. But a week ago, a week ago, he wasn't even in, uh, he was out of sight, out of mind, and has been for a better part of the entire year. He is someone that has suffered because they were afraid to take a chance. The same thing happened with MJF at the end of last year when he clearly was going to be a babyface. Yes, I understand we have, we are going to talk about the babyface MJF stuff very soon. But at that time, MJF was doing great character work. 
MJF wasn't comedic. Adam Cole was nowhere to be found, by the way. So you didn't have to really worry about the bro chachos if that's something that you were worried about. It was, it is a, that is another constant. And that comes with the stunt booking of not going with what the crowd wants always in terms of overall story. Sure. They'll go with like, oh, here's your match that you want, or here's this that you want, but they'll never, oh, Daniel Garcia is getting some of the loudest cheers in the building. You're a pro wrestler, stuff like that. We're just going to keep you Jericho. And then JS is going to go away. And uh, then you're just not going to be seen from like, that is what that became rather than, Oh, you're going to go with the BCC. You're going to team with Brian Danielson. You're going to keep getting over. You're going to keep being this great pro wrestler and you're going to build yourself up. How is that? How is one better than the other? Because to me, I remember at that time watching that never one minute did I think that he should stay with JAS. Mm-hmm. And I always proven, felt like it always felt like the, the end result for him was to break away. And I have been proven 100% right. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, here's the thing, Scotty, is that maybe... Maybe all of this for Daniel Garcia was to be more emblematic of Daniel Bryan, right? You know, the yes chance, the dance, you know, maybe, maybe by, maybe we try to recreate the, 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 the WrestleMania on Bourbon Street moment, right? Where Daniel Garcia finally wins over the crowd and gets to that spot by him just doing a, 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 a little gimmick that the crowd's super into, Right. But he kept getting booked shittily for years upon years upon years. Maybe we, if we just keep doing that, we'll eventually get to it. Maybe if we do, maybe he's the, the, the new bloodline. If we just keep saying no, 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 over and over and over again, the crowd will will Dana Garcia up into the main event slot. Not like... Uh, naturally putting him up there when the crowd wants him to, but the crowd has to will Danny Garcia into being a pro wrestler, into being a main eventer, into being a world champion. You know, maybe maybe that's what's got to happen, is that we just got to do the Daniel Bryan method with Danny Garcia and just get him to go all the way forward uh, after losing for years about it. I can't stress enough how difficult it is to follow a Daniel Bryan method how difficult it is to make that happen because usually it doesn't happen on purpose. it's only ha- <laughs> name name all the people that it's worked for daniel bryan i think that's it uh, uh to get the world title yeah is what you mean i assume uh yeah daniel bryan um in terms of like people that got main event pushes because of it sammy, sammy zane that's it Two were two, all right, and there's yeah, probably a ew. bunch of other people. Um, there's a laundry list of dead bodies <laughs> that just Jeez. just strewn about that are just like, all right, LA Knight. That... Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't think LA Knight. I think LA Knight. Yeah. Oh, well, LA Knight remains to be seen. What happens? Yeah. Um, but I think it's just more of like just to me, it's more of the copying of WWE that's frustrating. Number one, I think a lot of ways to fix the stunt booking. By the way, is uh again i don't think this is the proper solution but a way to fix it would be the rankings legitimately the rankings keep you honest if you have a random you know oh why the hell is willow nightingale uh on getting a title shot oh well she's been winning on dark 
for months now. And she's like the number three contender or whatever. It makes sense to finally give her a title shot and just bump her back down. You know, the things like that, that makes sense. Um, it keeps you honest. Maybe that's not the perfect solution. Maybe it was too much to handle, but those are the sort of things to keep you honest. Honest. Here's the thing. Athena's great. I love Athena. She should be on AEW television, right? She's been a great Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Yeah. Not I would, going with Willow. Best. Yeah. Again, not this is Ring of Honor booking now, but not going with Willow mm-hmm. in that match where everyone believed she was going to win. Silly. Silly. New Japan just did this. Like, they just did this. Yesterday, they did this type of booking, right? Where everyone believes in the person who's challenging for a title. The story of the match goes to, oh, this person should win. And then they rip the rug out from under you, right? That is what happened with Will. Now Willow's just like kind of doing stuff sometimes, not really. And Athena is still in Ring of Honor for some reason. Yeah. It just was, it, it doesn't make sense. This was the company that laid out and really perfected American long-term storytelling in the post uh, WCW WWE world. This was the, AEW was the company trying to replicate a long-term story that WWE put together, and it's very doing it at the exact same time, doing pr- a yeah. similar story at the exact same time. Practically, well, listen, this is the thing, right? It's like. You're trying to replicate a story that obviously got WWE white hot. That's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're trying to replicate a story that has now just went way too long. Yeah. And, and Adam Cole and MJF haven't even come close to the bloodline story length. And I think a lot of people would argue it's gone way too long, especially yeah, now that Cole's hurt. Well, it also becomes the question of like, is it even worth going that long? Because Bloodline took about two years to finally start ma- being coming a, a true oh God, draw. Jeff and Adam Cole go for two years. I'm going to lose my mind. Exactly. It, it's not necessarily going to work. Um, uh, what was my point? I was going to make. Um, but yeah, this was the company that that really did well on uh, long term storytelling. And it feels like all of the sort of long-term story beats have been sort of thrown away. The Daniel Garcia bits, right? The the elevation of him as a as a maybe even just say a mid-carder, it feels like has kind of gone uh, to the wayside a little bit. And now he's struggling on the low card. Um, uh, Ricky Starks, the CM Punk stuff falls apart for other reasons. Brian Danielson stuff. And then the follow-up is just sort of whatever. Takeshita. Uh, long term elevation. You don't really do anything. There's no follow up. This man anything. beat Kenny Omega clean on on a pay per view, and has done nothing since. Pinned him twice. Um, has not really done nothing since. Long term storytelling. I mean, MJF Kenny Omega. You could have uh, the numbers haven't put together. You could have start booking that after All Out. You could have start p- setting the seeds for that All Out, and you really set the seeds until a BTE segment uh, a couple, like a month before um, it, it's, it's, it's shameful really. Uh, someone I was listening to, um, I was listening to one of the uh, many hall of fame wrestling observer hall of fame episodes, which by the way, check out Stardom roads, Rossi Ogawa's wrestling observer hall of fame case. Well, Very great episode. Um, 
but I was listening to one of many different. I forget who it was. Uh, I want to say like it was like the Gentleman's Wrestling podcast, maybe. Um, but they were talking about the case for John Moxley, and they sort of said that like John Moxley is an interesting one because he, I think someone one of them said that like he is like a B plus in like every category in terms of drawing and match style and all stuff because it's like he's been doing great in AEW, but like the WWE stuff has also been kind of missing. So I, I, I get the case story they're making there. But someone brought up that how important John Moxley is. The historical significance argument for John Moxley is John Moxley. If you recall, Scotty, um, and again, I don't remember who exactly said this, so I apologize. But they mentioned that the John Moxley was huge for AEW. Remember how AEW's TV deal put, was put together, Scotty? It was originally an ad share deal, right? It was and real initially. It was just like, all right, you're gonna get, you know, we're gonna add share. If you can get over five hundred thousand viewers, you make all that money. The first five hundred thousand ad sales, we're gonna keep, right? Uh, and they did that for a while. And then at some point, early January, I want to say it was 2020, early January 2020, they decided, uh, TBS TNT decided, holy shit. Dynamite is killing it. This is doing great. We're going to rip up the contract on the ad share deal, and we're just going to give you money, and we want more content from you. Right? Remember remember that? That was a huge moment for AEW, and largely was the cause of what saved that company. The rivalries that were happening at that time were Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, mm-hmm. or, or uh, I believe it was Chris Jericho. No, I think it was Cody Rhodes and MJF or something like that. And it was John it was, Moxley. It was as Jericho well. and Cody into MJF and Cody. Yeah. And but. then it was John Moxley as world champion, right? Uh, or no. Oh, it was, so yeah. yeah it was, if, if that if it was Moxley as champion, then it was definitely Cody and MJF. Yeah. It was Cody, MJF, Moxley, Jericho. That was your top storylines at the time. Really, Mox and Jericho were a huge storyline at the time. Uh, that was your biggest thing. That is what got him a TV deal, a, a proper paying TV deal was that yeah. sort of storyline. That long-term Moxie coming to the company, finally became, becoming world champion at Revolution March of 2020. Um, the, the, the Coming off the backs before that, before the that storyline, the Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho storyline, which I just saw that clip the other day of Cody Rhodes punching out the glass uh, and Chris Jericho's like press box gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, holy shit, this is what Dynamite was in the early the days. This was so great. Good. That that was great stuff. Um, Funny. I have Cody Rhodes coming up in a uh, defense later. <laughs> but uh, it is, that was, you know, just proper long term storytelling going all the way to John Moxley becoming a world champion in this company from the moment he came in to the moment of him becoming world champion. Uh, May of 2019 to March of 2020. Long-term storytelling. It got AEW a brand new TV deal that was actually paying them money, actively paying them money. Nowadays, people are, you have all these TV contracts. You have three episodes, three things of television. That's huge. That's still great. But uh, it's a lot of stuff that, that long-term storytelling is by the wayside. All the stuff that made AEW uh, stand out it's kind of gone by the wayside. I I, I would not see a, a glass breaking moment like that on AEW Dynamite. It doesn't feel like we'll get that moment. 
Instead, what we've been getting is a lot of WWE production style stuff, hidden cameras. Uh, people o- people only exist uh, in the frame of the camera backstage, and they don't. And when you're on, when they're off screen, they don't exist. There you go. AEW Entertainment is what Scotty's putting up on the screen here. Thank you, WrestleNomics, for that one. Uh, the only uh, and it's very fr- the most frustrating thing to me is last Wednesday where it was like uh, um, I want to see the acclaimed talking to MJF trying to convince him to to join them uh, for the for the eight man tag in the main event tonight and then they leave and then we just move the camera to the Jarrett group Jeff Jarrett's group standing right there Jeff Jarrett's group didn't exist until the camera panned over to them but in theory the acclaimed were looking straight at Jeff Jarrett and his posse. And they have beef previously. Um, so it's like the, the camera doesn't exist. People don't exist. The backstage stuff is bad. Um, you get more and more WWE production. I was all upset, up in arms about this past Wednesday. It took them 10 minutes, practically 10 minutes, to get to an actual match. When did it, before AW was in, you know, intro graphic, fireworks, entrances, get as quickly, as quickly, as quickly to a match as possible, a hot, match to open the show as quickly as possible so you can maintain that audience your first quarter hour the most the majority of it is backstage promo of njf is a highlights video package of the feud between claudio and orange cassidy the intro the entrance and then you get to the match 10 minutes go by the majority of that for opening quarter hour it, it, it these these are evidences to me of different production style elements from WWE that have inserted itself into AEW. And it is very frustrating to see as someone that doesn't want and doesn't like the WWE production style. I, I think it's too glossy. I think it, 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 it is a lot re- really illogical at times. Oh, don't um, AEW's um, production ain't glossy. AEW's production when, isn't glossy. When my screen shuts off halfway through a match <laughs> or yeah or, or yeah it's either like it's you get the w production elements but you don't get the gloss style you still get <laughs> we're playing a video with no audio um you get elements of like you know you still get the the random light in the background uh the random red light or green light in the background of some inter- from some backstage shots um that's w production elements um the problem is is that you know thinking that that is what's needed to become popular. And maybe, maybe that's not even what they're thinking. Maybe, I don't know what, maybe hiring all these producers in AEW coming from WWE, they think, Hey, I worked for WWE because they're the biggest thing in the world. Well, they're the biggest thing in the world because they've been the biggest thing in the world for 20 years. And this is the first time they have competition. Maybe if you give a new product, something else could go over. If you just, copy a product and that's a thing that's been WWE in wrestling forever if you copy someone it can get you over but everything has diminishing returns doing trying to copy production style trying to copy various storylines you know i like i reference kind of what they're doing with daniel garcia it feels like in terms of daniel bryaning him um the bloodline stuff of mjf we've heard that come out of this is our own M- bloodline storyline all of this stuff has diminishing returns and the returns are really being felt right now in AEW. There's one constant 
between WWE when it was not red hot and AEW now. Hey, we'll even toss Impact in there when they were. I'm glad you. I'm glad we're bringing struggling. This uh, Jimmy Jacobs has brought a lot of comedy, like because this is he. You know what Jimmy Jacobs brings by now. Like I think everyone should know by now what Jimmy Jacobs brings um, in terms of on TV presence, right? And he is now the right hand man essentially of Tony Khan. Has been stated, not essentially, has been stated by Tony Khan that he is his number two right now. Right. He is uh, is the Bruce Pritchard uh, 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 of Tony Khan. And I don't want to put every bit of blame on Jimmy Jacobs because at the end of the day, this is Tony Khan who books the shows. And this is, you know, you have a million agents and you have a million people and you have a million other other things in his ear. But there is a clear consistency or a lack thereof in many ways of booking when Jimmy Jacobs is in the room. There's a lot more comedy. There's a lot, you know, stupid, spooky things. There's just, there is a, there is a disconnection, I think, in the way that Jimmy Jacobs brings wrestling to television. And uh, it's a big problem that AEW is currently going through. Like, yeah, sure. Impact isn't the biggest company in the world, but they're a lot hotter now than they were when Jimmy Jacobs was there. I'll tell you that WWE goes without saying. Um, and I just think Can I just like, bring up go ahead. Do you finish your uh, point? But I want to bring up just the the where Jim and Jacobs have worked and the time periods and what has been happening in those companies oh, during yeah. the time G- periods you G- worked. Give the exact uh timestamps here. So Jimmy Jacobs works in WWE, obviously, longtime wrestler. And again, I want to make this clear. Is Jimmy Jacobs the full on fault no. of everything that's happening in AEW? No, no, no is he no, the blame no, no. for all these things? No. However, you and I have noticed, and many people have noticed. He, I think he, as a number two, has a lot of blame. Tony Khan gets even more blame. But we have noticed a difference in the quality of AEW since him leaving Impact and the increase in quality of Impact since Jimmy Jacobs leaving. Is it coincidental? Maybe. But let's talk about it. So Jimmy Jacobs, he works in WWE for 2015 to 2017 as a writer as part of the creative team. Um, it was ice cold back then. So what's happening in 2015, right? Uh, let's go to WB's Wikipedia page. Beginning, again, does Jimmy Jacobs have the most say in the world? Is he beyond all these things? No, no but he's around for all these things. He's around for all these moments. Beginning in 2015, again, Jimmy Jacobs started in March of 2015. Beginning in 2015, WWE started to push Roman Reigns as the face of the company since having him win the 2015 Royal Rumble match amidst mixed receptions. So he comes in as Roman Reigns is at the beginnings of his face push, winning the 2015 Royal Rumble. He sticks around for the brand split of the new era uh, for Raw and SmackDown. Um, I don't know which, I believe he was on Raw. I don't recall. Yeah, that that, that tracks because Raw was terrible. I, I vaguely remember him, a report of him being a, a part of the Raw team. I'm not entirely positive. But at the very least, he was a part of the Raw, I believe, because he was involved with the Invasion of Raw Bullet Club episode of uh, 
BTE. So that means he would have been present for Raw. So he presumably he's working Raw during the brand split. A time where many fans online said SmackDown was the better show. He's working Raw during this time. Um, the Cruiserweight division starts um, during uh, this whole Raw period and kind of quickly falls apart as well. Um, and then uh, he, when this Jimmy Jacobs leaves October of 2017, um uk starts and pretty much that's it nothing really happens Re- my point there being is smackdown is kind of considered the number one thing jimmy jacobs is working at raw again coincidental maybe i don't know cruiserweight division one of the most popular things coming out of the you know the cruiserweight classic was this huge thing happening in 2016 it comp- pops up on raw quickly falls apart and gets rifled with no longer what what are the what's one of the reasons? This is a great point. I don't think Jimmy was Jimmy Jacobs involved with this. I don't know, but what was one of the issues with the cruiserweight division going to Raw is it started no longer being about work rate. It started having an, a festering of characters in the cruiserweight division on Raw, and that's forever Vince problem as well. It's um, forever Vince problem, but coincidentally, there's yeah. a lot of characters popping up at AEW, yeah. and Jimmy Jacobs is also around. He's around Jimmy Jacobs. Whether or not he is in, in, in actively a part of all these storylines, he is around during all these storylines. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, brings the point up that um, there's clearly he's part of bringing that emphasis um, that has really soiled certain companies, I think. And while there may be... There may be some complaints, um, but also during that time. So thinking back to then, wasn't that when Kevin and Jericho were together? Uh, yes, uh, he went. He was a big part of that, which was good. Mm-hmm. Which is fair and about so, friendship. <laughs> about friendship. Which we have a comment from Far. Oh yeah, he was at Raw and wrote all the Jericho, Kevin Owens, mm-hmm. Jericho stuff. So. That was good. However, 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 a lot of that was comedic, right? A lot of that was, you know, I you just made the list and things like that, which worked for them because that was in their that was in their bag, right? And I think thank you for bringing that up, Far. Um, but I think he's tried to carry that over now. To do everything. you think the bro chachas then is an extension of the Kevin Owens Jericho idea? If if that's the case, thank you far for pointing that out again. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. feels like a lot. It feels a lot more Kevin and Jericho, which I really enjoyed at the time, than it did, or than it does. Bloodline, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I I agree. And again, my point there being is. Uh, he, we definitely know he's involved with the Owens Jericho stuff. Again, thank you for far with that knowledge. Uh, we definitely know for that fact. My point also being is that he's around during all these pushings of Roman Reigns, and he's around for the brand split on Raw and all this other stuff. He is sort of a highlight of Raw during that period, but it does feel like that might be extension of what the MJF Adam Cole storyline may be. I wouldn't be surprised if they split up at some sort of festival of, uh, uh hold on, something of Brochacho. Uh, the brochacho bash the brochacho bash sure yeah, that, that feels like the brochacho nacho 
Um, Before we move on, Jimmy Jacobs then gets fired by WWE. He makes it around the Impact circuit, uh, independent circuit, and then he hops on the Impact, starts being sort of an on-end character, backstage producer, and then part of the creative team. During this time, you get a lot more of this discussion uh, from uh, maybe our friends, JD and... uh, uh jd mike. and uh 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 mike mike, mike. thank you <laughs> my brain was blanking uh over on their old show brace for impact but the following of that of like you start getting even more in abundance they bring in sue young he is sort of uh, in charge of uh this sort of whole dark dimension impact gimmick that's happening uh and so even he's still around. and even the then he's is. also he also comes in when they also bring in a lot more like Lucha Underground stuff into Impact and start working with Lucha Underground, and they start exploding a lot more into the Death Realm or Nightmare Realm or Undead Realm or what the fuck it's called on Impact. Um, so just keeping, I'm just tracking Jimmy Jacobs' career and what's happening in the companies as he's in it. Um, so he works in Impact from 2017 to 2023. You had another point, Scotty? Uh, overall, my, the, the main point I think is that. Um, there isn't enough consistency where he leads to great television. Sure, he, I think, you know, bringing up the Kevin Jericho thing is obviously great because that was one of their big stories, but it was still part of the brand that was least popular during that time. Um, you know, on a, what we can go on based off of what I remember on Twitter and stuff like that. And also um, remember like the end of that feud was a WrestleMania match where, in the United States Championship, which the United States Championship, yeah, which fell apart, became a United U.S. title match, of course, because to be fair, Goldberg was coming in, so I understand that. Uh, and then to a WrestleMania match where I think it was Chris Jericho. I know it was Kevin Owens went backstage, and Kevin asked, famously asked Vince McMahon, "What'd you think?" And he's like, "I hated it." <laughs> so that right. was the end of that feud. Was Vince McMahon being unhappy with that product? Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's just, it feels like a lot of, again, is it coincidental? I don't know, but he is around during all this stuff. He's one of the highlights on Raw during a period where people said SmackDown was better uh, with the Kevin Owens Jericho stuff, which feels a lot more like the influence uh, on the bro, bro Chacho stuff uh, than anything else. And he is around for impact during all this abundance of characters and, and the undead realm and all this stuff. Uh, and now he's the number two guy. He has taken everything he's learned from these previous companies that have been successes, quote unquote, that maybe he deems a success. Maybe you, the listener, deems a success. But he's, but ultimately, he is taking all the successes and everything that he saw and tried to learn and brought it to AEW. Is and again, and again, he's not the only problem. Of course not. But he's certainly part of it. Let's talk right. about another on-screen number one problem. MJF. This has long been your problem. You have you you have been very much ahead of the I think I won't say I don't know if it's ahead of the game. I think you've been consistently with the many people that have become annoyed with MJF. Yeah. Yeah. Um I took a little longer. But I think it was like one week. You eventually come around. One week. I think there was like one week where I didn't eventually come around. I was there. <laughs> I was just like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> Do you recall the moment where you you became an MJF hater? <laughs> like I think me? it was pretty much once Cole got hurt. Yeah. Well, because like, like, that was the, the MJF dynamic fell apart. 
from there. Yeah, and they kept doing it. Yeah. And I was like, this this is this is not working. You can't do the story anymore. It's just not it's not a story, right? Like if he shoot her, you can't you can't tell this anymore. Um and MJF's an interesting one, right? MJF is someone who um very popular in merch sales, he's number one alongside Adam Cole for AEW. That was per WrestleNomics. So yep. you know. And we know this company, they love their merch sales. Remember, this was a t-shirt company first, baby. Um, right? So that's a big deal. He is their world champion. That matters. That matters a little bit, right? So he's automatically going to be the first person you look at when we talk about the problems in AEW, right? Yep. And I think that is a conversation that you brought up to me. It was like, well, with any wrestling company that isn't clicking in ticket sales, that isn't clicking in ratings, you automatically look at the world champion. And he's that, he is supposedly the top star of your company. Right. He's a guy that whose ratings they are up and down these days, but overall in the building, he's the most over guy. Which for the most part. going back to our conversation previously that I brought up earlier. Yeah, he's the most over guy in the buildings. There's just less people in the buildings. This is true. That's a that's uh, a problem. <laughs> so so I think I'll let you kind of map out your problems first because you've been on the ball here with this overall. Yeah, so I, I, I when we talked about that issue of there are less people in the buildings uh for MJF, um I talked about how a lot of in my opinion, a lot of the other issues with MJF is that how great the feud of CM Punk was, right? Mm -hmm. That was really the moment for me where I was like, this guy, everyone at the time was like, this is the future, right? And then going to fast forward to now, where is like the brochacho stuff and everyone has their own mileage on it. I was less on it, obviously from the beginning. But when I, one of the reasons I spoke about why I was less on it is that the CM Punk feud to me was a, uh, was a Pandora's box on the on the amount on how good MJF could be. We saw how great MJF could be against CM Punk. The Pandora's box was open. We know how great he can be. So when you see a guy who is encouraging the crowd to do his catchphrases, doing an increase of catchphrases, doing brochacho stuff, doing bits where like he doesn't care about the title belt. Uh, actively saying that on television, um, doing bits of the acclaim, doing bits with all these people, um, you start getting an outpour of fans being like, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I envision for MJF to be. Because what I envisioned for what MJF to be was the CM Punk feud, because we already saw it. And again, people can change. Dynamics can change. But this is like a year later. <laughs> a year, year later, he's like completely different. Um, and that's fine. He's becoming a baby face. So that's a, a new thing for him, I guess. Um, but it's proven to not work. It is getting the ratings are down. Uh, he has been world champion. So I'm going to point at him. Of course, other people are part of it. Again, it's nice that he has top quarter hours for television. Well, the quarter hours, the, the, the ratings have been increasingly going down. He's one of the top guys here. He's popping in the buildings, but less and less people are buying ticket sales. 
it's it's very nice that him and Adam Cole are one of the top t-shirt sellers in the biz. One of the top t-shirt, well, yeah, the biz, top t-shirt sellers in the company. It's very nice. As much as we know. As much as we know. It's very nice that that's true. But as you stated, this is not a t-shirt company. I don't give a flying shit about the t-shirt sales about any wrestler. Stone Cold is number four for freaking WWE. Who does that mean? We bring in Stone Cold Steve Austin to wrestle week to week? Well, maybe um, yeah, if, yeah. They could, if they could, they, they if they could, they could, because <laughs> the t-shirt sale sales tell me he's huge. Um, it's very nice. Edge, Edge is a guy with top t-shirt sales in AEW, according to WrestleNomics. Is he a draw? Famously, no. He's not. Uh, just a great comment here from Far. The first Dynamite of 2023 had Danielson tell MJF him and all of Climate Pledge Arena screwed his mother. The problem has been creeping in from day one. Very true. Yeah, and and and, and I would love the, the clarification, Far. What do you mean? Do you mean day one of 2023 or day one of the company? Because I would say you know day one of 2023. Day one of MJF's reign, maybe. Yeah, I think, and that's yeah. right. That's what I agree on. Um. Yeah, and and I and again, I think the problem is is that we saw how great MJF was, and he's no longer that. Day one of twenty twenty three. Thank you, Far. Uh, he is. We saw how great he was. We saw how great he could be. We saw the path forward yeah. for MJF, and instead, he since the beginning of the year, as far as mentioned, since the yeah. beginning of the face turn as well, was very made that even more of an issue. Uh, it has been a downslope for MJF. And when he got called out on it, he responded, right? He responded on Twitter. He then came out and started cutting legit promos. We've also seen since then, and I respect the two. I respect the guy that can do that. I want to give him props for recognizing that. However, I have also seen him kind of slide back into that old gimmick, that old, you know. Uh, The MJF acclaim stuff drove me nuts yeah drove me absolutely nuts great you're being more serious but now you're sliding back into the comedy Mo- you know? and there's part of that is like we're acting like this is a mystery as if it's not going to be them in the end which has been a week upon week upon week scenario and sure. that's just like the thing that drove me insane. here's what i think mjf's title reign is really missing I, I um mjf is missing a teacher mentor someone that's like this big block in in his future that is what he's missing right arguably cm punk was going to probably be that based off of the real world champion stuff and just natural right that like that was going to be the natural way to go guess what cm punk ain't here anymore we don't have that anymore and that probably would have been some of the best stuff to end this year, truthfully, for AEW. Okay, so he's gone. As many issues that everyone has had about CM Punk, him fighting with MJF over the AEW World Championship, maybe at the end of the year, who knows, because there was never any inklings when that was all happening between them crossing paths. There was never a moment between the idea of them crossing paths. No. But if that existed and they came back around, people would get excited, and that would po- certainly pop the fall, pop the winter. Sure. And the other obvious choice has been gone for a long time. 
and that is Cody Rhodes. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you know how perfect it would have been if MJF finally became world champion? And presumably he was a heel. And he was like, you know, he ruined Rhodes's story, right? Because Rhodes, you know, booked himself out of the world title. And he's like, I'm going to give you a world title match. And they, they go on to tell this incredible story. Because one thing that MJF was able to do with Cody Rhodes is telling a great story. I remember that story. It was great. And then they never, ever, ever went back to it by the time before Cody left. He's missing that. He's missing Cody Rhodes. He's missing CM Punk. He is missing someone that has always been higher than him in his story to defeat. Yes, he beat Cody Rhodes, but by cheating, right? By doing the lashes and doing all that stuff. He had gotten a win over CM Punk, but the last time we ever saw them in the ring together, CM Punk won. There was a natural story there between those two, and arguably the best two people for MJF to feud with in his world title reign are no longer with the company. And I think that is a major, major problem. There's also the conversation that um, when WWE got hot, Cody Rhodes left, AEW went there. You know, I I think, and I've said this for a while, AEW misses Cody Rhodes. I don't care what your thoughts about the Codyverse are and all that stuff, right? They miss Cody Rhodes. You know who doesn't miss AEW? Cody Rhodes. He is fine. I think a, a, someone like a Cody Rhodes would be perfect for MJF and his story and getting him on track because they never were comedic. Yeah. Maybe on like BTE. I don't give a crap about that. I'm not watching that. I'm watching the television. And when they were on television, they were magic. It was serious. Rhodes took the lashings on the back. Like that was some of the best. You brought it up earlier when they got the damn TV deal. What was the top feud or the second feud? The second the, big feud. The top feud at the time of the TV deal, Mox and Jericho. The, the the world title program right before that, Jericho, Cody Rhodes. And it went into Cody Rhodes and MJF, which was proving early that MJF could be this guy. And I just think that is what his reign is missing because there is no one that will take that role now. No one that will fill the CM Punk, Cody Rhodes shoes of this guy that mjf once looked up to and is now a block in his way you know you know who tried to be the replacement of that and in some ways successful i mean i I think many people would say the match is successful uh brian danielson yes and even then it didn't have the long-term history no that 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 did not have the long-term history that the other two did 100 percent. i think we we would be in a different scenario. Well, we'd definitely be in a different scenario if CM Punk was still around, but that's his fault. Um, if him or Jericho were around. And not Jericho. Why the hell did I say Jericho? Jericho, do not run that one. Do not <laughs> do that one. I said on this show that I can't do Jericho. And I can't do the MJF Jericho um, stuff anymore. Admittedly, though, Jericho would be the probably third person behind yeah. Cody and, and, and CM Punk or MJF. Yeah, for sure. And we we saw that hinted on Dynamite this week, right? They went face to face, and Jericho laughed it off, and they moved on. Um, but I do think that is something that's really big missing for him, for uh, MJF, and I think it gets clearer and clearer by the day that there is no big there. 
Adam Cole's going to go down as his big story, I guess, in the middle of this feud. But to me, the the roads, the punks of the world, those were supposed to be it. And that will be his overall downfall. Other than other than the obvious comedy skits and stuff like that, which, you know, we don't like. No, the comedy skits are enjoyable. That was more the, of the what if aspect in of terms of a story he could have told, which yeah, would have been better than everything, naturally better than everything they've told so far. I I think that if Brawl Out, Chomp Chomp didn't happen, uh, <laughs> Revolution would have been the 60-minute Iron Man match between CM Punk and MJF. What about Brawl In, Chomp Chomp? What, what about Brawl In, Chomp Chomp? That also happened. That did not help. No, in, no, in I'm, no I'm saying if, if Brawlin didn't happen and CM Punk stuck around in, in, in the company, oh, by time... Brawl, that's why I got confused. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, oh, I yes. No, that was not Chomp Chomp. That was uh, 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 Crying River, I guess. I don't know. Uh, glass breaking. Uh, you know, that that was something else. The, the point there being is that I think if CM Punk was still around during that period, it probably would have been revolution. It would have been one year since the dog collar match. Now MGF is world champion. Uh, I think it just would have made proper sense probably there. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, no, it uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Uh, let's talk about a little bit that you talk about the comedy skits, the comedy characters. You have, I, we kind of alluded to this already with the influx of, I, I think Jimmy. I Jacobs notably a, hate comedy and professional wrestling. I get mocked about that all the time. <laughs> well, I, no, I'm not going to mock you here, Scotty, because the comedy and wrestling feels almost always the same, at least in like American wrestling. It almost sure. always feels like the same type of humor. Which is almost why it always feels like it's always the sort of NXT humor of comedy, mm-hmm. where it's just like, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing here? Uh, the influx of comedy characters: Timeless Tony, uh, Roderick Strong in the neck brace, and people his... notably like Timeless Tony. People noticeably like not- notably like Thomas Tony. I do not. I don't, I don't think like, anyone. I don't, really. think, I don't I, think you can take a guess that I don't enjoy Timeless I, Tony. I can't stress this enough. I want to see Roderick Strong wrestle, not be a comedy character. I, I, yeah, that's the I problem. feel like I don't need to say that. Scotty, I want to see Tony Storm wrestle. Uh, she was great. Now we're doing well, a character. I, my problem is I think Roderick Strong's had like four matches. Yes. <laughs> that, that Chris Jericho false cut anywhere that came out of nowhere that was like, holy Amazing, crap. yeah. I think I went like four and a quarter or something like insanely yeah. high on that. I was like, was holy sick. crap, this match ruled. Out of nowhere. But yeah, no, it's it's frustrating. And I think as a wrestling fan, for me, a lot of the frustration is like comedy characters like Roderick Strong yeah. and Tony Storm. Uh, what's frustrating about them is, again, the Pandora's box of it all. I know how great Roderick Strong is as a wrestler. I know how great Tony Storm is as a, as a wrestler. I don't care for this these comedy characters that they're doing. I don't think they're great at this, yeah. personally. I, again, you can, you can people can disagree yeah. with me. Personally, I do not think they're great at this. I think they're great at wrestling. I want to see them wrestle. Is that I too think, much to ask? I think this is always good. I like to show the comments again far with a good point. I think they see all the stuff that worked in WWE NXT, and they're just trying to gather new viewers with social media engagement with the comedy skits. Lots of cooks in the kitchen at the moment. It's like a mix of Jericho Owens and fall 2022 bloodline segments right now, which, again, to the comedy point, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah. 
I don't want all the comedy skits. One gimmick, fine, sure. Like, I understand comedy belongs to wrestling for a lot of people. That's, I'm not saying you can't you have to get rid of everything, but there's too much of it you all at once. A great example of it, Danhausen, right? A, a comedy character that is in the low card. Yeah. A, a comedy character that is not involved in the world title picture like Roddy Strong. Right. A comedy character is not involved in the women's world title picture, like Tony Storm. A comedy right. character that is just on pre-shows. Exactly. That, that's fine. It's... That that is serviceable. That that works. But but you named multiple multiple gimmicks that are involved in major stories. Yes. AEW Women's World Title Match. Timeless Tony. Who again started out as just doing a weird promo and is now has a black and white vignette has Luther 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 by her side has all these little gimmicks attached to her. We, we had this one idea and then took it to 11 so quickly. Yeah. Which is not it for me. Um, I can't stress Roddy enough. Like, this has gone way too overboard. Like Roderick Strong should have already faced MJF for the world title. Yep. Like that that was just such a simple thing to do, and they haven't done it. Yeah. Instead, he's still injured. Like, how did how did the angle where Samoa Joe injured Roderick Strong to send a message? No, mind you, not to Roderick Strong, not to Adam Cole, right? Like, not to them. How did that turn into the longest running story in this company of him faking a neck injury? Like, how did that happen? Because I remember when that happened and he hurt Roddy, that was great TV. It was like this really serious story and everyone's like, oh my God, Samoa Joseph, you know, and we said he's one of the best parts of AEW still, but everyone's like, oh, this is so bad, blah, 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 blah. Like he, he hurt Roddy. And now Roddy's just running around screaming at him still. Yeah. I just want this to be a pro wrestling company where the pro wrestling leads the way, not the comedy, not the stories that I'm not all that interested in. Get back to basics. And even then I'll even take comedy characters like Tony storm who go on wind streaks to then get a world title shot. Now, not a world title shot out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I am hurt that the explanation that I've received of that title match is, oh, well, it's in Hollywood and the character makes sense. I was like... Then put her in a match that isn't the world title. <laughs> she doesn't like, have to well, be in that match then. What? And it just, it just bothers me because now with these great wrestlers, I'm expecting comedy matches where the wrestling is secondary. And yeah. that is not how I want to watch AEW. No, the wrestling because... should never be secondary. That yeah. is why they're the alternative. God. That's the first, I think, is that our first sigh? I feel like that's our first sigh pause for, for this episode. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Um, Ric Flair and the Olds. Oh, Jesus. Man, when Ric Flair shined, I was like, I don't even think I want to 
do this anymore. Like, I don't even think I want to watch this show anymore. And listen, I understand for merchandise and video games or whatever. I don't care. And woo, energy drinks. Someone's like, someone said to me, well, it's just for merchandise. I don't care if it's just for merchandise. It's Ric Flair, a terrible, awful human being. And if we want to take that. Also, real quickly, again, merchandise. As I stated before, I don't give a flying shit about the merchandise. Number two, he's already been on TV, and he went on TV saying, I'll be with you as long as possible. He's going to be on TV. Well, it's already I'm, been stated that he's going to be on TV I was much. willing to just accept this was for Sting. Did I like him being around? No. I did yeah. not. But I was accepting it was for Sting. I was going to get over it. And then they signed him to a two-year contract. They signed the 73-year-old, called himself 76-year-old man <laughs> to a two-year bumps. contract. You take bumps. <laughs> they signed him. Yeah. After all this. It is a waste of money. I and I understand it's just for the energy drink. I don't well, give it, a not shit. not just for the energy drink, but waste of money. The money supposedly in this contract is his the money Ric Flair received is more based on how well the energy drink sells. Do, do you do you want to know? Apparently, I don't know why. The, you know, the biggest tell of why this is an awful signing is that Triple H, a man who loves and adores Ric Flair, said, "Nah, I'm good. I don't need you here." That's what he said. Like, are you kidding me? A guy that went out of his way. To rehab Ric Flair of old into the revolution character, into the eventual career for Ric Flair in the WWE. <laughs> went he out said, of his way. nah, I'm good. You can go sign another contract with another company, essentially. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are other people at stake here now in WWE when it comes to signings. But still, he is someone that he would have fought for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've never, I have not heard a report of fighting for. And Tony Khan went right to him, said, Yeah, come on in, Rick. Well, hold on. Let's do a pause there. He did not go right to Ric Flair. He went right to Ric Flair a year ago or however long ago. Yes, exactly. He's wanted Ric Flair there. He's wanted Ric Flair since he became available. Um, (laughs) I just saw as far as new (laughs) come. I didn't even look at it yet. I was put on the screen. <laughs> God, oh, it broke me. <laughs> it broke me. <laughs> I, you know, it, it can't <laughs> broke me because, like, I'm reading this. I'm like, yeah, probably. Uh, as as <laughs> like, you guys ready for when Dana Garcia dances away into oh, a segment with energy drinks in both hands? Uh, you're absolutely right because I am not ready for it, and I'm so sad that that's like a thing that I can imagine happening. It won't be him; it'll be like Sammy Guevara to be. No, it'll be know. it'll be Prince Nana because Ric Flair has the whole hip hop sort of thing as well. So it'll be Prince make Nana. Rick, don't make Rick, no. no uh, yeah, but no, but what's it in his hands? Back to the point. Tony Khan was. We, we know this as we, there's reports of this at the time, but he was intending to sign Ric Flair, that he was going very close. He was going to be paired with Andrade. He was going to pair him with Andrade. That's why Chavo got kicked out. And then the Vice documentary, Dark Side of the Ring, came out. The plane ride from hell came out. The whole story about what happened with him in the uh, um, stewardess, I guess, is that the name? He, he has admitted to a lot of bad things. I just want he, everyone to know that. Of course. He has. He has. Uh, 
uh, that whole documentary, which by the way, also made Tommy Dreamer look bad and he's your impact digital media champion. Um, uh, Ric Flair was going to be signed and put into this company. However long ago, a year plus ago, apparently time's up. He can, he can get signed now because no one cares anymore. It, the, the, the Mel Gibson thing. All right. He's going to be an Oscar. Twitter no tells cares. me a lot of people cared. And AEW must have felt that. You know why? Because they deleted the original signing post that they had tweeted. Did they? I did not know that. Yeah. A lot of people, and I feel bad for a lot of people in this scenario, but signing Ric Flair in the year 2023 without the allegations in the conversation is ridiculous. He's, again, that was the main point I said on Twitter that, you know, people freaked out about or whatever. A lot of people agree with me, but like, that is the problem. And that is the problem in an overall to a lot of what people are complaining about with AEW, right? It's a lot of old WWE faces now on their screen. And yes, I don't, I'm not, listen, listen, right, right. Look at me. I'm listening. I'm not saying I don't look at Swerve Strickland and think that at all. Like, I don't think, like, people, every single person that left WWE is a WWE per- guy. But you know who is? Ric Flair. You know who is? Big Show. You know who is? Edge, right? Like, these are these are those guys. These are WWE guys. And they're just all coming out at once. I'm going to have to watch Ric Flair bro- cut a broken-ass promo because he, he can't talk anymore because the guy is so old. Like, I'm going to have to watch... Poor Big Show, man. When I watched Big Show walk out on Dynamite, I was so he looked, sad. He looked, like, so, he looked so bad, dude. Like, was, he looked uncomfortable, man. And yeah, I saw him, and I was like, this guy's got to wrestle? He can't, he's going to he wrestle, and he's just, like, beating the crap out of Kyle Fletcher, a guy who was on his way to being in the tag team of the year conversation at the beginning of this year, and Man, I just have so many, so many problems with all the old guys. But it starts with Ric Flair because Ric Flair should not be signed to a contract by this company. It is a useless contract. And to me, to me, it is a it is a move that is so easily avoidable that it's almost like you're just blind to the own your own fandom. You were a Ric Flair fan, and you want him under contract. You mean you mean the guy Tony Khan that when CM Punk returned started a chant by himself uh, in the uh, in the gorilla position for CM Punk? I I had someone message me about this. Um, it was. What did, what did they say? One second, one second, one second. Uh, signing Ric Flair to a monthly year deal is one of the biggest unforced errors a promoter has made. 100%. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't necessary for anything. And again, Paul White is in there. You and I previously have talked about the issues regarding Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and that got a lot of traction online, obviously. Oh, no. Oh, uh, Flair crosses with Team Jarrett, and they recreate the Flair lethal segment on TV with Andrade in the background. You know these. This is the this this is the this is the problem. Like there is, they, they are trying to backdoor as far says in the comment here. It, it feels like they are in the process of backdooring Jim Cornette into the company. I 
which, you know, to be fair, I don't want Jim Cornette and company. However, Jim Cornette and FTR would be a pretty good act. I mean, I'm I not going to lie. I want him in the company. Um, the company at all, but it would be a I, good act. I can't, dem- I can't deny it. I don't even, like, I, I don't even have anywhere to go with the Flair stuff anymore. It's just, he's a disgusting human being. That if you're bringing in, whether it's to try and get Charlotte Flair over or just because you want Ric Flair part of your company, it's no matter what, it was, it's the wrong choice. And it, it's, it, one I, it's one I don't like. Yeah. And it's one that truly, truly might make people start to go away. Watch it. I, I think the bigger problem with it's me. It's a WWE move. I shouldn't say yes. I agree. I shouldn't say it's the bigger problem because the bigger problem with Ric Flair for me is uh, bringing in a, a known sex best Ric Flair. Uh, sorry, one hundred percent. No, for my percent. No, alleged sex pest. Um, I I feel bad for the women that work there. Okay. I've I feel bad for everyone that works there that you know respects and doesn't respect Ric Flair. But obviously, the women who's he again he is admitted to many bad things. The 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 other issue, another knowledge. more another important issue that I have with the signing of Ric Flair and bringing in Jeff Jarrett that we sort of spoke about, is that these are people that I don't think are draws anymore. Yet get up, but what they do is they eat up a lot of TV time because you sign them to smart to probably good deals. Jeff Jarrett, as we as we spoke about recently in a previous episode on a hot topic, has got more matches than the majority of the stars on this roster. Ric Flair is going to eat up TV time. Uh, Sting hasn't really eat, eat, up, eat up TV time, but I'm fine Listen, with that. He's done. He I, Sting has been perfect in his role. But these guys are I going to eat problem? up TV time because you signed them to big, big, I know, sizable contracts where you need to put them on TV and hope they draw. Edge, you know, he's not up there in terms of the olds, olds, but you know, you got to do something. Paul White was a commentator on Dark. You got rid of Dark, and now you still have this big money contract floating around where the guy's doing nothing, just making bank. What do we do? We got to put him in a match where he can barely walk. Like, they're eating up TV time, not only eating up TV time, eating up spots that people on the younger roster can put in. You know what would have been good? You know who would have been good? Going back to it all the way. You know who honestly would have been good instead of Paul White in that role? Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia was wrong, returns to Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara, uh, hopefully, healed up maybe, I don't know. But let's say Sammy Guevara returns at full gear, Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. It's there. But instead, because we had this contract at Big Show with Paul White, we got to put him in. We got to use him. We got to use Jericho, an act that was over but you know that was uh, two decades ago at this point a decade ago or whatever at this point but jericho actually might be two decades old hold on <laughs> no it's a decade it's, it's a, a decade, decade right dec- a decade, maybe, maybe a decade and a half yeah almost um let's see da, 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 da. uh like 2009 2010 this is 2009 to, uh they had very unofficial reunions 20, 2009 to 2010 so yeah about a decade and a half that is that's very old. <laughs> that's very old. Um, but yeah, it, it's frustrating. There are guys that 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 could have these spots, top spots that make sense. Daniel Garcia is a guy that makes sense. But Paul White's there. Rick Flair's there now. 
dude, you think Daniel Garcia, the, the, the elite is there. The, the story that they started with the Young Bucks being like, oh, you didn't look to us, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, that's a good story that I'm interested in now. But still, it's like, I don't know, man. I'm just so, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. One dynamite card that looks good on paper ain't going to fix anything either for me. Just want everyone to know that. I would say, do you think there is some sort of way to get us out of the segment, some sort of uh, audio clip or some sort of thing that can get us out of this segment and talk about full gear, Scotty? This is this folks at home. This is I'm, t- I'm teeing Scotty up to do something. He knows what it is, but he hasn't pressed any buttons yet. And now I'm now I look awkward and and I I consider cutting this out of the podcast, but I know I won't. Yeah, you know how, you know how desperately I want to click the video that we have. Click the, why not? Why not? Who cares? Can we play we're, that? We're an hour and a half. Yeah, it's, we're an hour and a half in. So, listen to everybody. Nobody, nobody believes in you. What are you prepared to do about it? Don't let no one come into your house. Take your meal. Do what you need to do today. I'm not nervous. I'm just telling you. Uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan. Time to listen. AEW full gear is coming up this November 18th. Uh, we are not. <laughs> Far loved it. <laughs> uh, as he should. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot about Rhonda. Oh, I don't give a shit about Rhonda. She's uh, 100% coming to this company. There's, there's no doubt about it in my mind. What if it's Rhonda and not Mercedes? <laughs> That'd be a big win for me. <laughs> what did, I guess I don't know. Like I don't know anymore. Well, I don't want Mercedes going anymore. So that's what's I, sad about I, the, what's sad fair, about the I never thing. really did. But what's sad about the Mercedes thing is that we're now reaching the point where we don't want people to go to AEW. For oh yeah, I said that to you the other day, and you're like, I can't believe this is where we are. Yeah. If, um, if I told you right at the beginning of the year that Dragon Lee made the right decision, would you have believed me? Probably not. Probably not, but undoubtedly, he's on the main roster now. Undoubtedly, he's on the main roster. Was that this year? Was when he signed yeah. it? God, yeah, damn. when he beat FTR for the tag titles. Yeah, this this year's been long. This year's been long. That is how years go. <laughs> Bastard. Uh, AW Full Gear to the show. Inglewood, California, in the Kia Forum, November eighteenth. Right. Talking about this week again because we won't be here because I'll be wedding. Uh, this Saturday. That. But the matches, do not do this every time. <laughs> the matches announced as of press time. Yeah. Maybe we'll try to. I, I didn't even hear that one. That was a yeah. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Thank God. You're not done. Uh, <laughs> matches that as of press time have been announced. There are six of them. Um, we'll probably discuss other ideas for matches that are plausible. Um, but here we got so far pre show Ring of Honor World Tag Team Title Match MJF and TBA versus the Guns. And we'll sort of, I think we'll also sort of lump in the main event here, the AEW World Title Match, MJF versus Jay White. Scotty, who do you think the TBA is? And do you think Jay White or MJF is walking away with the world title? Uh, MJF's walking away with the world title. My main problem with the story is now that Jay White has gone through every heel trope possible of I'm losing the title or I'm not winning this match. Right? So it's like, which is a WWE thing. Yeah. I think the only Going thing the left, tropes. the only thing left for Jay White is to climb a ladder, grab, uh, grab, gra- climb a ladder on dynamite, 
grab it from the top rope and then hold it up. I think that's the only other thing he has left to yep. do. Yep, he's had, he's stolen the title, pinned MJF on TV. The list goes on and on and on, right? Um, yeah, listen, I'm actually really looking forward to this match because I think it's going to be a great professional wrestling match, which I know, I know this company's first concern is not that anymore, but for me it is. The great pro wrestling matches. And Jay White, I don't know if you know this, Ryan, is a great pro wrestler. MJF, despite the many complaints, is a great pro wrestler. So we at the end of the positives, day, Jay White, one of them. Yeah. So at the end of the day, what should be the best part of this feud? The match. The match. MJF wins. Not worried about it. I may preview this, by the way, next week. I, everyone, I will tell. I'll tell you about the next week's show at the end. Sure. Uh, any thoughts on the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Title Match? The TBA. Why is it probably? I don't know. Max Caster, Samoa Joe. I don't know. Have less. It should be Samoa Joe. Could be. I like that story. I, the problem with Samoa Joe is that even if it's Samoa Joe, why would he not just pick Max Caster at this point? He would Max Well, Castro because would be the a, story is if you need my help, I'm there for you. Yeah, but Max Caster is also willing to help you out, and he's they not going to ask for a world title. They lost. they lost. I guess that's true. They lost. <laughs> they lost. True. They can try to make go. sure to win with Samoa Joe. You know, you know what's interesting? What's you know how like Jay White hit the Blade Runner and MJF got pinned one, two, three? I do recall that. I'm gonna be really angry when he hits the Blade Runner and MJF kicks out. And then and then he looks over to Shivani and says, Shivani, what do I do? And then Shivani yells, Kiwi Crusher. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> One of my no, that's, favorite that's a, that's Gato juice. J White bits. Yeah, that, that's what juice yeah. Kiwi Crusher. Does that sound like Juice Robinson? <laughs> that was pretty good. That was not too bad. Yeah, um, yeah. Rock on. Yeah, Samoa Joe makes sense. You're probably right. And then he's past Jay White, so that's one person down. Now he just has to worry about Samoa Joe. And Wardlow. Um, and Wardlow. Samoa Joe then could be what? Winter is coming. coming. Or Maybe. you can hold that off and be World's, World's End. end and, do, and do Wardho at uh, whatever it's called. By the way, yep. they just did not do a ranking tournament. What a break tradition. The Eliminator tournament that they do every year at Full Gear. You're right. They didn't do that at all. God. That's how we got Hangman Kenny. Yeah. And that's, that's how, how we got that's... Kenny as world champion. Yeah. yeah. They just got rid of one of their most important tournaments. Did They did that last year, right? And that was... Yeah. Uh, it was who? Ricky Starks. Ricky and somebody. I don't remember who. Ricky faced him, Jeff, at um, the thing. Uh, oh, the semifinals were in the pre-show. Ricky Starks defeats Brian Cage. All right, they moved it back because, yeah. Yeah, they did the semifinals last year. This year, they haven't done it at all. <sighs> That's a tradition gone. A tradition we've lost, folks. Um, yeah, MJFJ White going to be a great match at the end of the day. At the end of the day, if, after all these complaints... MJFJ White's going to be a great match because we know it's going to be a great match. If it's not a great match, then we're in big trouble. Yeah, if it's not a great match, then we're going to be back on the show and be like, what the fuck was that? Right? <laughs> uh, it, that that's a legitimate concern. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it's going to be good. 
it's going to be great. I have no doubt in my mind. I think the only issue is that Jay White can have great matches. Sometimes he gets too self-indulgent in his matches. I think that's the only concern. But otherwise, I think it's going to be a great match. It should be a blood-like feud type match. It should. should. What? Is there any argument for Jay White winning beyond just being he's been doing great? He's been a star on television. and um, Is there an argument? Television. Yeah, because he's great. And MJF um, has been stinking the bed a little bit? Um, I think a refresh is much needed. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. So, Yeah, I agree. Uh, AW Women's World Title Match. Timeless Tony Storm versus Hikaru. Sheeta. Oh, before we do I, that, Far asked the question, what do you guys think of MGF getting pinned on television? Uh, it's setting up the world title match. I don't care. You know, it, it, I, I don't I don't love it, but it's, you know, it's setting up the world title picture, uh, the world title match. It's already set up. This is just more uh, Coles on the fire, Adam Coles on the fire. So uh, I don't necessarily mind it. Um. I think it's fine. I just like MJF's pinned so little that like I understand the usage of doing it to kind of get Jay White even more over, get the Blade Runner over. Um, but again, WWE trope. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's something they do constantly with champions, not, na- not name Roman Reigns. I agree with that. Hikaru Shida, Timeless Tony Storm, AW Women's World Title Match. We kind of Shida better about win. You kind of thought about it. I think Tony Storm is fully winning this title. For for other reasons besides just I don't want Tony Storm to win, is that Sheeta has done the on and off championship thing already this year. Why would we do it again? And before you say why, I understand timeless Tony Storm is beloved by people. I don't care. What I don't mean, care. Tony you know what character probably works better if they lose? Timeless Tony Storm. You know how I know that? Because that's how he got the character in the first place. Because she threw you two in her last matches. That is a great point. Her character would work better by being like more demented, I guess. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, yeah. her being more demented means you almost want to see that on television. That means we'll get more Tony Storm on television. Well, that's just going to, that's a lock. Okay. Yeah. Well, if she's champion, she, we're going to see her either way. So, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think this is what Mariah May has to do. Is this where Mariah May comes to the company? Is this, is this how Mariah May finds I'm not saying a word. Is, 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 is Mar- Mariah May debuting at Full Gear to help Tony Storm win the title after Lutha gets kicked out? I plead the fifth. That means you know something, folks. That's I don't know mean. anything. <laughs> don't listen to him, folks. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being quoted. Yeah. Uh, next match, six-man tag team match. Sting, oh, Darby Allen. <laughs> How dare you? Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland with Ric Flair. Uh, teaming up against each other against Christian Cage, Luchasaurus. Wait, with them? According to Wikipedia, he is. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, I know. Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick I, I saw Wikipedia the other day for the Ring of Honor tag team title match at MJF teaming up with Bill Goldberg. It does not mean anything. Well, you never know. Bill Goldberg could come that happens, that'd be a sick scoop. Ring of, Honor World, <laughs> Ring of Honor tag team champion Bill Goldberg. <laughs> um, um, This match is a thing. Like, here's the thing of how I look at this match, right? 
it can be good. Yeah. You know why? Because Sting matches usually don't miss, baby. Yeah. Nick Wayne's great. Darby's fantastic. All right. All right. We can't just toss great around. Jesus. Nick, I think Nick Wayne is really, really good. Darby is. I'm going to say Darby's great. Darby's really great. That's fair. I watched him get absolutely thrown around by Lance Archer on collision. It was great. Uh, Then he won. Yeah. Well, that's classic Darby Allen right there. Uh, Christian Cage. uh, Lance Archer booking as well. Going back to the conversation earlier, if you asked me about positives a month ago, I might have said Christian Cage. Right now, with the interest of Adam Adam Copeland, that hasn't, for me, I would want Adam Copeland's involvement in the storyline to punch this into another gear, and it hasn't punched it into another gear yet. It hasn't fallen behind, but the fact that it hasn't gone into a new gear feels like, oh, we're just kind of stalling with an interaction of more people. So I would want it to go more forward. It hasn't yet. Maybe this match will get us there. We're definitely um, stalling right now. It definitely feels like we're stalling. I don't know what for. Maybe well, yeah, I feel like Edge and Christian should have just happened on this show. I agree. I think this match could have been like, I don't know, Title Tuesday or something like that. Um, maybe it could have been happening earlier, but they're, they're obviously wanting to extend it out to the pay-per-view. I don't blame them for doing that, but... Uh, I understand why, but at the same time, you know, maybe it'll finally get us there. It's a continuation from the last pay-per-view. That's fine. It works. I'm, I'm not upset about it. I think this match will be good. I literally see tears coming out of your eyes for people that aren't watching. Ryan is so sad. Tears uh, are coming out of his eyes about this match. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Thank you. Was that, was that Scotty or was that me? That um, uh... <laughs> Do you think Ric Flair is taking a bump in this match? I don't care. I don't want anything to do with Ric Flair. I, the less we talk about Ric Flair, the better, I think, for my mental health. AEW International title match, Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. I fully <sighs> believe Moxley is just winning the title back and just continuing where we left off of all that. Now I think Orange Cassidy wins. Why do you say that? Because I think they were coming back to this and Orange Cassidy was going to win it back for Moxley. Um, interesting, interesting, thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be interesting. And also there's the new element of Orange Cassidy sort of like hinting at this idea of maybe like turning heel. I need a heel to crush Orange Cassidy. You don't think John Moxley's that guy? He's not not a heel. He's not that guy, pal. He's John Moxley is that guy in many other ways. But since we went right back to this match... And I think we were always going back to this match. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I need, I need I, Orange Cassidy to win this match so that John Moxley can win the new Japan uh, Intercontinental Title. Oh, <laughs> you're trying to stew me up, aren't you? My whole, we'll get to that. But my whole theory there hinges on the, if John Moxley wins the title here, then I know what's happening at the the IC title there. Um, so I need him to lose, <laughs> but I think he's winning. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm terrified. I'm terrified, Scotty. I think he loses. I think it'll still be a good match. Uh, again, I, again, I think not, I don't think any of these pay per views are going to be bad matches. Uh, she the Tony Storm. Any of these pay per views are going to be bad. Well, you know on paper, Tony Storm versus like oh, she should be great. But right now, but I don't know. Timeless Tony Storm. You kidding me? 
don't know. Nah, nah. Uh, I would love, honestly, I would love if Orange kept the title and did like a heel cheating bit to win the title. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting because we kind of got hints of that of like him ignoring his best friends and all this sort of stuff. So I think there's there's an interest of like him doing everything he can to keep the title. And maybe the thing that he has to do is like a low blow or something, you know, a I Superman, pun- a a Superman punch to the balls. I understand this. Is, by the way, I just realized that Kenny Omega is like very much on track not to be on this pay-per-view because that street fight's happening on a TV show. Um, so that's dumb. Uh, I just, I'm so over Orange Cassidy. Really? I've been over Orange Cassidy for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I understand he... the match with Mox. It was great. Yada, yada, yada. Guess what? You know who has a lot of great matches? John Moxley. Congratulations. Way to add another one. Is he your Hiromu? Oh, 100%. Where he's like, everyone loves him. I'm like, I'm so over this man. <laughs> Can't, don't want to with television. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I understand. I saying that as the guy with the Hiromu issue, I completely understand. Uh, last match announced here: singles match, Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Oh, again, match. again, match I'm should be a great match. To. Again, should be a great match. Needs a step. It does feel like it needs a step, right? After after obviously already doing the match previously and then a but home invasion angle, it feels like a step should be coming. Perhaps we're going for a third match, which will have the step. So, In which case, if we're going to go for a third match, Adam Page is winning here. And we'll have a Texas death match. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. At winter is coming. That's Texas the death. That's the hangman way. So yeah, <laughs> at Texas death. Right. At winter's coming in Arlington, Texas. That and then work. Swerve wins, and then Swerve challenges MJF and takes the title. All right, we're in. <laughs> we're back in it, baby. Woo! Uh, how to fix AEW in three ways? Three Swerve. months. Or... Oh, three months. Yeah, Swerve loses the hangman. They do a month. Texas death match. He goes for MJF. He wins the title. We're back, baby. Yeah, he wins in a month. He wins the title a month. You're welcome. Um, Absolutely hot shot him to the title. Yeah, that's not stunt booking. <laughs> We're also describing him losing here. So, uh, well, if he loses, Hangman, Hangman. Well, Hangman. You know, speaking of bad booking, Hangman for the majority of uh, CM Punk's tenure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, again, this match would be great. I have no qualms about this. This is the match I'm most looking forward to. Same, same. I think same. Uh, is there any of the matches you think could be on this pay per view based on the t- television? Not even a little, actually. There's no, there's no tag <laughs> tag titles, trio titles, Rouge, right? Yeah, better be. So, I what well, we're saying, Ricky Starks, Big Bill versus Rouge, shooting with tag team champions now. Yeah, it's the match. Yeah, so. Aren't the Young Bucks have it? Don't they have a title match on this show? No, not yet. Didn't they win a tag title shot? No, they won a title shot at their choosing. Everyone just assumed it would be at the Kia Forum in California. That's good to know. But there's been zero inklings about it. I thought it was for full gear. So I was like, what are we doing? But that's fine. Yeah, it still could happen. But that that they're very much feuding and talking about it with LFI and 
you know, and all and that all this stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, I I really don't know. Um, we'll see what happens there. So, um, trios, no idea because the acclaim just run in a circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've run in a circle since they won the titles. TBS, who's the TBS champion? Chris Statlander. Probably and Sky. Sky? Yeah. yeah, probably a four way between them and Julia. That makes sense. That makes sense. That would be a that's good actually, way to wrap that's up. That's actually a match that makes sense, so I'm fine with it. Um, it so that makes sense. So it'll probably be Chris versus Abaddon then. Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing maybe, uh, by the way, nothing made me more frustrated than seeing Abaddon come out for that number one contenders match on Rampage last week or and then be like, uh, uh, Abaddon on a, like a 17 match winning streak. I was like, she hasn't been on TV in like years, <laughs> in like a year. She hasn't been on dark or anything since like March. Where, any other stories that I'm missing? Um, I think other titles that were missing. Um, no, we got all the titles. I think we got all the titles. The tag titles, no idea really what's happening with that. Um, because I think aren't the House of Black also involved in that storyline? Maybe it's of. like a, maybe it's a four way. Because I think BCC also helped out and scared off Elify. That's a um, AEW pay per view classic for the tag titles. Put them in a multi man match and never a real big tag title. Match. So we're gonna say House of Black, LFI, Claudio and Wheeler Yuta, Big Bill, Ricky Starks, four way for the tag titles. You're missing Roosh. Uh, I said LFI. Oh. I, I just assume, which I assume is going to be Roosh and hopefully Drillistico. <laughs> I'll take a Drillistico. <laughs> That's uh, good. Preston Vance, you know it. Um, it's going to be Preston Vance and Drillistico. Um, uh, Young Bucks, nowhere to be found right now. Andrade and Miro, probably. They're doing that on Collision. Mm-hmm. That's plausible. That's review match. I'd welcome that. Plausible. What do you think the Young Bucks are doing? Do you think they're doing anything on the show? No. Right now, it feels like they're doing nothing on the show. So and- between that and Kenny, it's likely nothing. Great. <laughs> as we all wanted and as we all expected. Um, full gear, I think it should be a really good show. Um, at the end of the day, it's going to be out four hours of great wrestling and that's all i want from aew folks at the end of the day of this conversation that is all i want it only lasts an hour and 57 minutes i was gonna say do we get into new japan power yes. struggle? <laughs> okay, yes perfect. too much news happened for me not to talk about it that's fair let me open up my card do here. not start at the top we go from the bottom on this one Okay, perfect. Um, then we'll open up with New Japan Power Struggle. Uh, IWGP US slash UK heavyweight title match. Will Ospreay defeats Shota Umino in 40 minutes and 16 seconds. This that's, match the bo- was- that's the top. I literally just said start from what? the bottom. The top of the card. Many people call that the main event. Yeah, I said we start from the bottom. <laughs> okay, when, okay. Well, then let me clarify here. Wait, so where do you want to start? The pre-show? No, I just want to start with like the basic beginning stuff. Okay, David Finley defeats Tonga Loa. Oh, okay, I didn't watch that. <laughs> I watched it because I'm crazy. 
And, you watched uh, that? Well, that I wa- I went out of my way and almost didn't have the possibility to watch the main event until I woke up early to watch Will Ospreay versus Shota Umadale. You That's just how- watched the main event this morning? Yes, I watched. Every- I watched David Finley to to the semi main last night. That's so funny. <laughs> I'm crazy, dude. Um, David Finley Tangaloa. It was uh, fine. David Finley looked more aggressive. Uh, which were sort of spoke. I, I one of the reasons I wanted to watch David Finley in this match because I knew what was happening at the end. So I wanted as, to see as someone perfectly said on Twitter, unfit Finley. Yes. Uh I have been off the David Finley train since the beginning, folks. I called him I called him a a subpar Jay White since the beginning. And now here we are. I'm right. I'm right. I'm hey. gonna courts. I'm gonna courts type. Hey man, everyone's gotta be right eventually. Uh, it was it was a fine match. David Finley looked more aggressive, which was good, but ultimately uh, not a fun match. Great O'Conn versus John Moxley. It, it starts out they brawl a lot and they get a double count out. It then turns into a false cut anywhere match that I thought was great. Yeah, that was fun. That, like that was um that's like the best usage of John Moxley in a match that <laughs> doesn't have any story to it. It's like let's just make this crazy. Let's just make this a crazy brawl and that's exactly what they did. That it also felt like the most Terry Funk John Moxley has been. Uh, I I you know what I mean? Have I said this Have I said this to you before? Maybe that John Moxley in New Japan for me is infinitely better than John Moxley in AEW. Infinitely? I don't know if I would agree with infinitely. I think he's so good in New Japan. He is great. He is great. Like he's just this he is just so like badass. Like he's extra badass in, in New Japan. Infinitely is a little bit of extreme. I'm not going to lie to you. But like, maybe that's because of his theme song. I like his theme song more in uh, New Japan. Um, yeah. So I think that's why it's infinitely. Uh, but he just has like this aura to him that is so different from the rest of the New Japan roster. So he stands out more. Yeah. And like he's having this awesome, fun brawl with Great Okan. Right? Mm-hmm. They, again, they have no story. But they were just like, let's just go around Osaka. Why not? Like, let's just let's just wrestle through this damn building and tear each other apart. And it was so sick. Do you think there's any follow-up with Great Khan? He's been on the a lot of losses lately and just got his hair cut off mid-match. Well, company's gonna need a leader. I'm mean, not company. Uh, <laughs> what, is this? what is this? Uh United Empire? Yeah, they need a leader soon. Why not Great Khan? M- well, M- Emperor Okan. Emperor, that'd be kind of sick. Why not? Why not? My cat just is attacking the door because they want to get Who? in. Where's <clears> the <throat> lie? Something, something. I don't know. Just go. Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, one of the best six men in the game today, uh, defeat Mikey Nichols, Shane Hayson, Zack Sabre Jr. to defend successfully the never openweight six man tag team titles. I love that they took these titles. Uh, me too. Is, like, it's been so good. <laughs> can I add a title to Tomohiro Ishii? Um, Not sure. a physical title. 
But a lot of people call him one of the best G1 wrestlers in modern G1 history, right? Yeah. I think Tomohiro Ishii might be one of the best six-man wrestlers. I like him better in six men than I do even because, in singles. Because I watched this match, and then I was like, man, this is great. Tomohiro Ishii was great in this match. And then I was like, wait, what? didn't Tomohiro Ishii also have a fantastic never six-man run with uh, yeah. Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi? Yeah. And he was great in that too. And then yeah. I was just like, is he? I got to do, I got to think about it. But I was like, is he one of the best six-man wrestlers? wrestlers? Trios wrestlers today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I think the best book title in New Japan this year has been the never open weight titles, at least yeah. since these three have won it. Because yeah. these three have like they've they've had like the dream run, which obviously is the point when you put the belts on Okada. Um, but they so they beat El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Rin Narita, which was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, then they beat Blackpool Combat Club, John Moxley, Claudio, and Shota, which was a great build to that, a great match. I even thought the match with Hiroshi Tenzan, Tiger Mask, and Togi, Makabe, and Korkin was so it was it wasn't like obviously it's not like a blow away match, but the 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 story of the match was these old guys just trying to give it one last time in yeah. a rockin' Korkin, and it was so much fun. And then they face the Motor City Machine Guns and Josh Alexander, which again rocked. Like, yeah. and then TMDK has been great all year. So, um, only four, five matches with these guys, and but it's, everyone's and, memorable. Yeah, you can remember at least one bit from everything. That, yeah. that Ishii headbutt to Josh Alexander, uh, the Claudio swing. I remember they made the uh, Tenzan match memorable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like Tenzon trying to give like one more gr- gasp essentially in his career, let alone yeah. that match. And I thought that was so good because he can barely move, but he's like, I'm going to try, man. Like I'm going to try this one last time. That's all I need from you. Tenzon. That's all I need. Um, yeah. Great match. Really, really good match. Really fun. Uh, uh, Zach Jr. And Ishii have great chemistry. Yeah. Um, Super Junior Tag League final match catch two two. Hey hey hey! hey. My apologies. You're right. Fight. You're right. I'm reading Cage match. I don't remember Cage match doesn't have promos in between. No, these they matches. should though. That would really help my life <laughs> if they put those in there. Uh, talk to me. What happened in between the lights go out? Brian Danielson pops on the screen with a uh, thing over his eye, playing up the broken orbital bone. Poor Andrade, right? He he doesn't get any credit for that broken arm. <laughs> they're using it in the story. Um, but it's great. Uh, Danielson's like, I've beaten you twice. Uh, you've injured me twice. So it's like, what's the reason for running this match back? Danielson's left injured both times. Mm-hmm. What was the price? And essentially, he's like, I'm going to break your arm, blah, 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 at the Tokyo Dome. Guys, 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 people, folks, Ryan, everyone. Me? Brian Danielson's wrestling inside the Tokyo Dome to start off next year. And it's against Kazuchika Okada. <sighs> Again. Hashtag, hashtag my main event. Yeah, undoubtedly. Can we do another vote? Can Naito not? <laughs> can Naito get the semi main? <laughs> uh, no, I want Naito to get the thing, but like, nothing's better than this. This is, this no. is the one. 
You know, this is this is the one that all the that all us fans are gonna be out like, out to see. There, there. Obviously, people make a joke. Oh, I wasn't in Tokyo. No five stars. There's a different feel with Brian Danielson stepping into that Tokyo Dome. I can't wait. Final countdown might hit like crack if that's what they do. <laughs> <laughs> I think you pay for it. Why not? Who cares? Did Tony Khan, be a man. Pay for it. Pay for it. Uh, don't make me play the video again. <laughs> <laughs> Super Junior Tag League final match. Catch two. Catch two two. Francisco Kira and TJP defeat House of Torture. Show and Yoshinobu Kanemaru to win the Super Junior Tag League. Pretty good. Fine. All right. This is good. Esperado and Master Wato were the best part of Tag League, and they didn't get a final spot. They were in the uh, opener. Were they well, I learned game? why they didn't get a final spot because of the Hiromu challenge. But yeah, we're still a little hurt. That's fair. That's fair. And this match was good. House of Torture, baby. This match was good. Francisco and Kira and TJP are one of the best tag teams this year. Yeah, um, two has been great. And House of Torture is House of Torture. Um, Damn right, baby. Damn right, so. Baby. <laughs> I love that bit. That's my favorite. That's my favorite uh uh thing that we have there. Uh but yeah, catch you two have been great this year. Uh House of Torture have been House of Torture. So, you know, pretty good match. Good, maybe. Uh uh Yeah, I thought the the, the neck work, I guess you could say, of TJP was fantastic. I think all made sense. Um, on, on doing a new finisher worked as well. Something deck oh. based, everything made sense. It made the psychology of the tournament make sense. Um, yeah, you know, it was serviceable. What did you think of uh, now that we can sort of watch a little bit of him? You've watched a little bit more of him uh, than I have. What did you think yeah. of oh. commentaries? New a uh, Walker, Walker Stewart, right? Walker, yeah, Stewart? he's great. I really like him. I think he's gonna. I think as time goes on, he's going to get better and better. Obviously, as he gets more comfortable, you know this is his, this was what his third show in Japan, second show in Japan ever, right? And he's just been you know thrown into action. But um, I think he's very professional in the way he calls, and you know obviously you know the reason he's a commentator at the age of twenty one is his voice and how. You know how confident yeah. I'm sure he is in his stuff, but I think, I think by Wrestle Kingdom he's going to be really comfortable, and I think that's great. Like I think getting him in now was the right choice. Yeah, he has like a lot of like Ian Riccoboni like professionalism yeah. in his voice that I really like. I will say, uh, and I think you're right. I think it's mostly because he's still early on. Uh, this was advice I was given once was that. He is doing commentary as an example too much. Like, uh, like he's doing Ryan Seacrest. He's very professional, very put on. He needs to show more personality, show more of his own personality. I think as he gets more comfortable, we'll see that. Um, and I think that's just a matter of time. Uh, I want to see more of his personality. I think he was the right choice. I think he, so far, so far, I think he's a solid choice. I I want to remain to see what we get moving forward. But for right now, I'm like, yeah, he's he's a he solid sh- pick. He shouted me out on the uh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed show, so by default, I like him. 
part. So you're telling me we got to uh, kick out Chris Samson on Wrestle Kingdom and bring him in to do a Wrestle Kingdom uh, interview? And that is not what I said, Chris Samson. That's very different preview there. <laughs> very true. Very true. Maybe we still get Walker Stewart. Maybe we try to. I'd love to get Walker on. Walker. I think that's Kevin Kelly's last show, the Dome. But I think I Walker th- gets to do some of it, at least. That would make sense. That makes sense. Do a little passing of the torch there. Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title Match: Hiromu Takahashi defeats Taiji Ishimori in 20 minutes and 38 seconds of a match I did didn't give a shit about. That's you know you, you know you say how you like over Hiromu. Anytime Taiji Ishimori is on my screen, I'm like I do not care. <laughs> I don't care about Taiji Ishimori either. Uh, Happy Desperado is getting the title match though. Yeah, that's good. He should win. That's probably the best junior New Japan has been for a long time now. Yes, that is 100% accurate. I completely agree with that. Taiji Shimori is just stale as the as year-old bread. He looked cool. He looked cool in all white, yeah. He had cool uh, contact lenses in. He did all yeah. the stuff. I've seen this yeah. match, I think, a bajillion times at this point. Yep, and it gets worse every time. Uh, Hiromu, um, I don't know. I, I think Hiromu just needs like a something different. He needs a new fresh coat of paint or something. I don't know what. Like, I don't necessarily want to get rid of the character, but it's just like he's over, so it doesn't matter. I know that's the problem. He sells tickets, so it doesn't matter. He's he's helped sell DDT a shit ton of tickets for uh, Sumo Hall. I'm told it's been him more than Jericho. Wow, eat, eat your heart out, Chris Jericho. Well, it's um, sure. one's a massive star in New Japan, Japan. currently. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, people are into Hiromo. People said he had a pretty good year at the top. I wasn't too into it as most as most people were, but uh, like you enjoyed a lot of his early year, and then this the rest of the year was just kind of like eh, wow, he's around. Terrible. Second half has been terrible, and he's had all the matches to be good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a real shame for Hiromo here. Um, Despy getting the title match is very very much the right choice. Yeah, the Wrestle Kingdom match um, absolutely win. And if their history says anything, that could be like one of the best matches of the night easily. Well, second to uh, I said one of not the I did not say the God. Uh, this match, Ramon Taiji Shimori, again, pretty good match. Just uh, nothing you know, bad about it. No, they're, they're good wrestlers, especially when Taiji Shimori is working. Very professional uh, wrestling match. Yeah. Speaking about great professional wrestling matches, IWGP US heavyweight title match, the main event. I switched from English commentary on here. So I went back to Japanese because I wanted to hear Walker. Sure, sure, but sure. But I was purposely watching this main event unspoiled. Obviously, I'm a shooter maniac. Obviously, mm-hmm. Ben, ben I've, been, I've been riding the shooter wave since he was in Rev Pro, baby. You know, like this, that's my guy, right? I, you know, this. What are you gonna play a video? Are you playing some? Okay, <laughs> you looked like you were clicking something. I was like, oh, um, I've been a shooter guy, I've believed in shooter time and time again. I want him to have his moment. I understand a lot of people have went with Suji. Like a lot of people, like Yu Yu and Mora, Renderita's there, um, you know. But I have been the shooter guy, and 
I believed in this match, the way they told the story. That's the way they've told the story to get here. Like, if you've watched, right, remember the Rev Pro match where he won because and his dad called it. Um, and then they had the match at uh, Star Crossover last year where he couldn't win. And now we're here. So, unspoiled going into this, I switched to Japanese commentary just to get the vibes, get the excitement. You know, because it's just a different feel. Um, and my God. I was heartbroken. (laughs) 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 I was, I was so locked in fastest 40 minutes of my life. Yeah. They move quick. I man. I'll let you talk first. Great match. Great match. Great match. It felt, and I think this is the biggest compliment I can give to Shota Umino. This felt like the Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Wrestle Kingdom match earlier this year. Yeah. That's what this match felt like. Which uh, is credit to Shota 100%. Credit to Shota. Credit to Will Ospreay. Well, um, yeah. he doesn't need <laughs> he's got enough. He's got enough flowers. People give him um, flowers all the time. He's going to get another five-star match. Who cares? Shut up. <laughs> uh, he has he sneezes four-star matches. Uh, that's that's, his, that's. I'm not giving him plot. credit anymore. Yeah. Done. Um, he doesn't need it. Yeah, Shouldn't it's just a great match. Up. This is – there was the element that commentary noted, I believe it was Chris Charlton noted, that the moment he – got rid of and started shedding that sort of like Hiroshi Tanahashi ace figure and started yeah. leaning into more of like that badass Moxleyism stuff. That's shooter. That's oh, when he Umino. went full prick in this match. I was like, yeah, you, you get him. Yeah. You, it was great. He was so that's, good in that role. That's what he has to do. That's the shooter. I want to see. Uh, that's what you you've know, you seen remember, in him. You remember who was a prick um, at the beginning of their care, uh, beginning of their career, kind of. Naito. O- Okada was kind of a prick. Ooh, was a heel prick. Now he doesn't have Gato in his quarter, so it's a little different. But Kiwi Crusher. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Shoto Umino. I thought this was prob- undoubtedly the best match of his career. Uh, uh, yeah. It's the coming, out, it the coming out match for him. I yeah, think. Will Ospreay again killing it. That uh, that sell, t- the DDT to the ring apron sell was fantastic. Uh, that's how you sell a move. Not take notes, JD McDonough. Um, the tiger bomb. The tiger bomb to the dual tables, very reminiscent of the Omega MJF thing. That's what I thought about. Um, but the tiger bomb through the tables that was fantastic. Uh, the moment where he, where Shooter switched into the more of the badass stuff, his nose breaks. He takes Osprey to the outside and just throws him across the the barricades over and over and over again, just yeah. looking like a badass. Um, that is a great moment. Um, and yeah, just the the finish. Uh, I like how you know the hidden blade was a great finisher, but I'm realizing now, oh, that's just his V trigger. That's just the yeah. move he can pop out of nowhere and just kill you with. Yeah. Um, that's that's how you do it. And that he's gotten it over. And it's so good. Uh, the Storm Driver's great. I love that as a finisher. 
I wish that was his finisher finisher. I wish not, it wasn't the lead up to the Stormbreaker, but whatever. Um, that should be his, that should be like his burning hammer. It should be the Storm Storm Driver ninety three. I... But whatever. Um, these are my these are my tiny complaints. Uh, I I would have if I had to give one tiny complaint because I'm not like a five star person here. Uh, I'm I think not like, I went four and a half. If I had to give a complaint, it would be like I think if you trimmed a couple minutes off, maybe like three to I... five minutes off. <laughs> Once I saw this was 40 minutes, I was like, I know exactly what Ryan's gonna say. <laughs> exactly. I, I I it's a my sweet spot is like 35. Yeah, um that's just a you thing. That's and that's just a me. That's my preference. If you if you trim off just a little bit, trim off a little bit of fat, you get more into it because I love wrestlers that go nonstop, full speed ahead, destroy each other, 35 minutes in and out. Well, maybe not in and out for 35 minutes. Well, <laughs> For some people, uh, I never mind. Uh, 35 minutes are is fantastic, uh, timeline for me. 40 minutes, a little bit too long, uh, but doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's a minor complaint to a fantastic match, fantastic four and a half match. Now, is Shooter the guy for me? No, it's still Yoda Suji. I'm still Yoda. I'm still full. Shoda's the, the ace, Suji's the Naito. Yeah, maybe that's what yeah. it is. That's what it a hundred percent. That is a hundred percent their placement moving forward. And where's Red Narita and all this? He is maybe she someday. Some is that year. the is that the current flop of the year? Is Red Narita? Is he even on this card? No, we just shit on AEW for an hour, dude. Like, what, what, how could he be the flop of the year? Yeah, for New Japan, that's what I meant. But oh, for New Japan, um, maybe. Uh, okay, so. This was the most invested I've been in a men's professional wrestling match in, I don't know. I never am usually this invested in a match. It's one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, the reason it's not perfect is because it didn't have the right winner. Every bit of this match was telling the story of Shota overcoming Osprey and winning that title just for him to lose. And that is not an Osprey fault. That is not a Shota fault. In the end, it is a continuation of Gato not going with the future in this company. We said it with Yoda Suji. We say it now with Shota Umino. It's something they refuse to do. And instead, Ryan, instead, the most likely scenario is that they're giving this title and they're having Will Ospreay lose his final New Japan match to either an AEW wrestler or someone who ain't him. Can we talk about that, please? We will in a second. I just want to give credit to this match real quick because I thought it was truly phenomenal. Like I said, one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, Like you said, another banner performance for Ospreay. But this was a complete performance for Shota Umino. And I think we've now gotten to the point where he came up short again in his biggest match and his best match, he will now add that next finisher that he needs to get the job done, which is something we've talked about. Yeah. Um, Moxie coming out there to try to rally the boys, like the 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 imagery I had of when he used to be in Moxie's corner, now Moxie's in his corner. That was such a cool moment. Yeah. Like I I was I was literally on the edge of my seat again. Most I've cared about a men's professional wrestling match in a very long time. I don't, I can't tell you the last time I was this invested. 
And when that Stormbreaker got hit, boy, was I devastated. And it only got worse from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so post-match, Moxley and Osprey come face-to-face. As we know, it's going to be them at Wrestle Kingdom, but not just them, because that's when David Finley comes out. He shillelaghs all of them. Uh, Shillelaghs Callum Newman. Nobody else is around. Uh, him and Gato take out a big fiend-sized hammer and smash both the IWGP US and UK title belts uh, and come to find out that at Wrestle Kingdom for not these belts, but for a new belt, don't know what it's going to be. Is it the IC title? A new US belt? I don't know. But for some new belt, uh, it will be Will Ospreay versus John Moxley versus David Finley. And Scotty, David Finley is winning this match. Can I walk you through my scenario? I don't even need you to, but yeah, you can in one second, obviously, because this is a podcast. Uh, <laughs> what? I just, I just want to say how dumb it is that this is the way to go. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not good. I don't like it. Uh, they, you know? they, they fed Osprey Suji and Shoda on his way out. Either of them should have won. Both phenomenal matches. Phenomenal matches. The best of both of their careers. Yeah. Could have argued either one winning. Instead, the result of this title reign is going to be David Finley winning the title. Get out of here. Get out of here. fuck yourself. (laughs) Is that one specifically to Gato? (laughs) Yes. I decide he books for his guy. That's all he yeah. cares about. Yeah, it's kind of true. It's definitely kind of true. Um, yeah, walk through the scenario. Yeah, so David Finley, like number one, like I said kind of previously, it, in a weird way, it kind of hinges on this idea of like uh, Moxley. I, assume, I think Moxley's winning the AW International title. We're just going to go back to where we kind of began with this whole storyline of Moxley, right? Now, if he doesn't win, I think there's a good chance he can win the title or whatever this new title is. I think that makes sense. Sure. If he does win, David Finley's got to win this title because, number one, uh, if Moxley Moxley is in this this title picture, and if he becomes the AEW International Champion and also becomes the IWGP US Champion or Intercontinental Champion or whatever, then why put David Finley in the match just for him to get in a Wrestle Kingdom spot? He could have faced Shingo for the Never title. That's a, that's a spot. It's not a match I would necessarily want, but that's a spot. That's a singles match. Why has it got to be this match, right? Why has David Finley got to be in this match if Mox is going to win? It doesn't matter unless you don't want Osprey to take a pinfall. But as New Japan knows, and it's abundantly clear, Osprey's on the way out. They were not afraid to do that with the Elite back in 2019. Osprey is not going to eat the pin here, I don't think. Or, uh, sorry, Osprey, I think, could eat the pin here. Um, So, again, why put David Finley in the match? So then it gets to David Finley. Okay, if he's in the match, he might be winning this belt. Uh, If Moxley's AEW International Champion, or either way, 
Maybe Tony Khan doesn't want him to be losing. Doesn't want him to even take the pin. Osprey can't take the pin. Uh, or sorry, uh, not Osprey can take it. Osprey can take the pin, but they don't want Moxley to take the pin. And they don't want to put the title on Moxley because why else put David Finley in this match? So if you're putting David Finley in this match, in this three-way, Moxley has a title potentially, or whatever reason, politically, uh, can't lose the belt, uh, can't be pinned or whatever, and Osprey's going to be pinned by either Moxley or David Finley. It's going to be David Finley. David Finley pinning and beating Osprey for this title wraps up a little bit of a feud they've had where David Finley is one in five against Will Ospreay, where he's lost every single time uh, against Will Ospreay, except for once back in 2022. Um, that was a four and a quarter match. They would have a great match. This match, I think, is actually going to legitimately be pretty good. Um, but there, I fully believe that you can continue and kind of wrap up the David Finley story arc with Will Ospreay. David Finley is a guy, as I've stated, is not working right now. So if you want to give him a second chance, Gato push, because Gato's with him, so he really wants him to do something, he wins the title. He beats Will Ospreay. Moxley's a big star that you have the ability to use, and you want to put him into this feud and everything that's been evolved with it, but he can't lose. you got to make it a triple threat. you got to have David Finley win. It's the only thing that makes sense, folks. And I don't like it because, like I said, he's a subpar Jay White and uh, is not going to get the and should not get this. He is not the guy. He's not that guy, pal. He's not that guy. And uh, I'm I'm afraid that he is 100% going to be winning this title. And I'm not happy about it. Yeah, it's a bad choice. It's a bad choice. He's, uh, they're in trouble. Mid. That's true. They are in trouble, though. He uh, he is their pick for the next top Gaijin star. Yeah. Wolf. No, he is he is 100% not the guy that needs to be this Gaijin star for New Japan. They're losing Osprey. They're getting some more AEW influx, but it's like that's your top Gaijins coming in or just AEW people that you can bring in. Yeah, they don't. They don't have anybody. David Finley's your top guy. Tama Tonga, who's kind of. I mean, they have Zach, Zach Saber Jr., but he's he's not American. He's not. He's, he's a guyjin. Sure. I don't care if he's American. Sure, sure, sure. Osprey also is not American. Great point. I don't know why I brought up the point. Disregard that. Jay Zach White also. <laughs> Great point. Again, I did. Kenny Omega also not American. Again, I detract that statement. Um. David Finley does not size up to any of these people. He's been given so many opportunities and he has never once grabbed the bull by the horns. The only time he did it with the J what was the J white turn, uh, you know, David Finley, J white turn. Um, since then, Which nothing obviously had nothing to pay off, nothing to pay off. Never worked. Uh, and he's going to win the title off of Osprey and there's going to be no payoff to that because Osprey's going to leave to the company. Yep. So the payoff there is John Moxley and you uh, do a thing with them there somewhere. As I said to you, and this is how we wrap up. There was, there was probably belief about midway through the main events here, right? That you were going to get Shota Umino versus John Moxley. And 
Osprey Omega three, maybe right as Osprey's last match or something, right? For Osprey in his last match in New Japan, something big. And by the end of this match, once Shota got pinned, it was like, all right, we're going to get Moxley and Osprey. That's fine. Great match. Sure. And instead, Shota Umino has no big match. Osprey is not only facing Moxley, but he's also facing David Finley. Strap in, folks. Strap in. And there will be no Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom. But we're getting Brian Danielson. So I'll, I'll, That's I'll, true. I'll That's that. very true. I'll rejoice in that positive. Long episode, folks. Yeah, a lot of complaints about wrestling nowadays, but we try to give as many positives as we can. Hey, man, I loved Will Osprey and Shooter. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait for Brian Danielson. I think Bang 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 Gang are some of the best stuff in AEW right now. Yeah, and if Osprey knock on wood goes to AEW, that'd be fantastic. And all Japan's so much better than pretty much everything we talked about. I saw who they crowned today as their new Triple Crown champion. You kidding me? You kidding me? Why do we not talk about them? God. No, already, we've already gone two and a half hours. We're big Noah. We're big Noahites. Yeah. That was a bad decision. <sighs> yeah. Well, that's uh, it for us here, folks, for Ring Post Radio. We appreciate you for listening along. We appreciate everyone that's commented on the show. We appreciate everyone that subscribes to the podcast. If you missed the live feed, you can always subscribe and listen to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Scotty, talk to the folks. Anything to plug? What's your match of the week? Um, anything to plug? And I guess plans for next week. Oh yeah, plans for next week. I I at least have one guest lined up. We'll probably do a full out, full out, full gear. I was gonna say a full out preview of full gear, and then full out made me laugh because that's a combination of two of their pay per views. So I just you know, uh, yeah. but I think I'm gonna preview that and then review Lone Star Shootout, which is this coming Friday. Uh, because that's so. a great top of the card. So I think that's the plan as we stand. I don't know when that episode is going to be recorded. I don't know when that episode is going to drop. But that is the plan as of now. I will make sure to get that out. And when I say I'll make sure, I mean I will record it. And Ryan will do the rest um, yeah. on his wedding weekend. Because that's the way we do <laughs> That's the way we do things here, baby. I, th- I think I can probably get it out Sunday afternoon. Maybe I can definitely get it out Monday. That's good. That means I don't have to rush. Um, overall, <laughs> match of the week. Um, MJF versus Kenny happened after the last time we recorded. So, ha. <laughs> Actually, they happened during when we It happened during our recording. But either way, ha. Um, yeah, I'm not going to be here next week, as Scotty just stated. Uh, next week, next time you see me, we'll be, be a married man. I'll be a married man. I'll be, I'll be taken, ladies. Um, like any ladies listen to our show uh hey 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 if they do respect to you thank you for listening if they do scotty is available uh (laughs) (laughs) that is not what i meant um what's your match of the week but match of the week uh, i would give a proper match of the week but i don't want to give any uh praise to that show so my actual match of the week my my non uh blood money match of the week is going to be uh rampage is the triple threat lucha match that opened the show commander el hijo del vikingo and penta el zero miedo uh i thought that was a really good match really really great match um lucha baby that just do more lucha that's that we've been arguing that forever just do more lucha 
Um, that's all you need. Um, <clears throat> uh, that is it for this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Follow the show at follow show at Canna Pod. Follow the whole all of us at Ryan Icy at Scott E Wrestling. I messed up my outro here. Um, when we come back, we won't be back next week. Scotty will be back next week talking Lone Star Shootout and uh, last minute full gear preview. When we are both back together, we'll be talking, reviewing full gear and Live. reviewing Survivor Series at the very least. Live Sunday morning on the 19th. That is true. That is true. So again, uh, Scotty, are you going to live stream? Do you know? <sighs> Probably not. Okay, well, then if he's not live streaming, folks, definitely, definitely, definitely um, go and make sure you subscribe to Ring Post Radio wherever you get podcasts. Uh, and if yeah. you want to subscribe to and listen to more of the Ring Post Radio or Countout Network uh, offerings, then you can subscribe to the Countout Network podcast feed itself. You'll get Ring Post Radio. You'll get Your Dose of Death. You'll get our new Japan show, Okada's Shorts. And you'll get Scotty's show, Stardom Road which, of course, did a great episode on the Hall of Fame case for Rossi Ogawa. You have a lot uh, of great the, episodes. That is that true. One. You have a lot of great episodes. Uh, but that one was a good, really, really good show. Uh, I, I definitely love shows like that. So definitely go listen to that. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And we'll see you all. Well, Scotty, we'll see you all next week. And I'll see you all in two weeks as a married man. I'm thinking, ladies. Goodbye, everybody. This has been a Countout Podcast. Countout provides a wide variety of bonus content that is right at your fingertips. On the Countout Patreon, our podcasts are creating bonus content exclusively for you, their listener. For only $5 a month, you can watch instant reactions to major shows, watch-alongs, early access to main feed podcasts, some fun goof and gag audio, plus shows from some of the podcasters' outside interests. It's the best way to experience all that the Countout Network has to offer. So head on down to patreon.com slash countout to take part in some of the best and most fun content wrestling has to offer. Again, that is patreon.com slash countout.